Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. What's happening, Mike Schmidt, 40-year-old boy podcast? How you doing? How is everybody? How are you out there? How, how are the people? How are the animals? How are the people who talk to the animals? That would be just one person, Dr. Doolittle. He's the only one who speaks to the animals, correct? Uh, I heard a song to that effect. I'm the guy who talks to the animals, to the animals, to the animals. Hey, Dr. Doolittle, the animals. I talk to them all the time, all day. Uh, I think I heard that song. Perhaps I may have just, you may have just heard it. I let it put it away. I can tell you this. You absolutely just heard that song. Did I just create it? Maybe, maybe I just wrote it on a Friday. It is Friday, I think, or Thursday. What? I don't even, I, I don't know. Uh, calendars are obsolete. As you know, the ancient Gregorians were, they disappeared once their calendar went obsolete. Um, that might be true. That might not be true. I could have made you, I, I may have made that up. Like I made up the Dr. Doolittle song. A lot of making up going out of this show. Uh, but when I hear calendar, I think of the word Gregorian and that's probably the only time Gregorian. Well, no chance. I think of chance and I think of a, not chance with a C chance that NTS. Whenever I think of a chant, I think of Gregorians. Whenever I think of a, uh, a calendar, I think of Gregorians. And, uh, and if I remember correctly, didn't the Gregorians fight the Avengers <laughs> in the last movie? They may have, I think they showed up with Thanos, uh, Thanos and the Gregorians. Oh, that's, that's the sequel we're all waiting for. Once they can start filming movies again, once people can be on a set. Did you hear this? I don't know if you know this part, ladies and gentlemen. Let's talk about this. I don't know if you've heard. There's a germ about and and now it's aerosolized. And now if you're in a room with a window closed and somebody sneezes, you can die. Uh, we all knew this anyway, but now they're proving it somehow. I look, I don't know. I don't. And we've well, I'll get to exactly uh, the times we've talked about this uh, in a second. But uh with the germ about they're they're now starting to do things. They're like, hey, let's let's open. Well, they open bars and stores. And then guess what happened? Oh, guess. Guess what? Brace yourselves. I know, you know, you see the news. You got social media. They open bars and, and stuff. And everybody said, you know what I want in St. Louis? Some toasted ravioli. That's the local specialty. And down in Texas, they said everything's bigger in Texas. I, I, I want some prime rib and some beef. Delmonico. Bring me a Delmonico cut, please. And in Florida, they said, we love oranges and racism. Bring that on a plate. We'd love to choke it down right now. And in Arizona, they said, mmm, you know what we love? We love Tex-Mex and Gila monsters. Let's eat that. Let's go ahead and choke that down right now in front of everybody. And uh, and in addition, what nobody realized in those places was they were getting a big, healthy side order of the germ. 
Uh, even in California, it's a please don't don't think we're any special uh, place. Now we we said, hey, you know, we like we like sushi and tacos. Bring us some sushi and tacos. Well, we didn't realize that we were going to get a, a a sushi hand roll filled with the germ, or that we were going to get a taco uh, with you know a little uh, tripa with a little lengua with a little bit of the uh, the always popular fucking uh, al pastor. And instead of pineapple, they put chunks of the germ on there and people choked it down slavishly. They choked it down with a delight unforeseen and they smiled and they went, you know what? We love this food and there's a germ. And then two weeks later, uh, spots broke out. They got a rash. Their kids died, whatever the fuck. You know what's going on out there. I don't, you don't need me to fucking tell you. Uh, the, uh, the country opened and, and now, and they're like, yay. And then, uh, two weeks later, they're like, Hey, 800 people are sick. And everybody's like, and again, as you know, I look, I I'm not, I'll, I'll talk about this a little bit. I, but I'm going to, I'm going to find a whatever. Um, cause here's the thing. Like I just, again, it's the fiddling and, and everything, the burning and everything's happening. And I'm Nero and I, I look awful in a fucking toga. Don't kid yourselves. Fucking asparagus behind my ears. Where the fuck that was that he had on. He's got a fiddle out there like Charlie Daniels who died. Unfortunately, I don't know if you've heard we've lost Charlie Daniels. Uh, I'm torn on Charlie Daniels, you know, because, again, I know the devil went down to Georgia. He was looking for a soul to steal. We all know this. Uh, if you ever heard the legend of Wooly Swamp, Swamp you know that uh, our friend Charlie Daniels uh, brought that to attention. I know he's still in Saigon, although not now. Now he's uh, taking a fucking goddamn uh, soil nap. He's out. Uh, but didn't he also wasn't he also a fucking horrible racist? Like, that's another thing. And But also, here's the thing. If you're like. Hey, guy, guy who had huge country hits in the 70s. You, that, that's sort of a euphemism for racism, isn't it? I, I, you don't have to just say Charlie Daniels was a racist. You can say, hey, did you hear that country singer from the 70s died? And you go, oh, that virulent racist, that guy. And everybody would go, yes. Uh, you know who wasn't a racist? Charlie Pride. I get him. Oh, no, actually, you, what? <laughs> I go the other way. He was a terrible racist. Charlie Pride was a race traitor of the worst fucking order. Oh, he was a terrible guy. Charlie Daniels, Charlie Rich. Look, all of, look, you know what? All of the Charlies, all of the country Charlies are racist as fuck. You can't argue with that. I'm going to take it to you right now. Fucking Pride, Daniels, Rich. That's the law firm of Pride, Daniels, and Rich throwing black people in jail since the beginning of time. Fucking race-trading assholes. How dare you be racist, you you dicks, with your fiddles and your microphones and your ukuleles and Charlie Rich with a piano and, hey, did you happen to see the most beautiful girl in the world? If you did, whoa, she's crying, crying. Hey, my mom loved that song. Uh, <laughs> if you see her, tell her I'm sorry. Tell her I hate those black people. Whoa, won't you tell her that I love her, but not blacks? Uh, Charlie Rich, terrible man. Um, there's, a, there's a famous story of Charlie Rich winning a country music award, or he didn't win a country music award. And uh, I forget who was nominated. Like, uh, like Garth Brooks or somebody. And so they, you know, they unearthed the corpse of Charlie Rich to come out and give an award. And he walks out with a Porter Wagner fucking suit and ridiculous haircut. And he's like, hey, I thought this was about country music, not these, you know, these liberal, whatever the fuck, queers or whatever. He said some bullshit on stage and everybody went. <gasps> and I'm like, it was again, it's a 70s country, dude. You fucking drag him on stage. They're going to say something dumb like that. And I'm like, you're apologizing for an hour because nobody really cares anymore because nobody watches the country. If you watch, dude, if you watch the country music awards, you're you're. You're shocked there isn't a musical number with a flaming cross, right? Not now, though. I know everything's new now. Everybody looks tight jeans and, you know, they, they're all like, hey, look at me. I'm young. I'm Luke, whatever the fuck. And I'm like, hey, I'm singing about trucks. But they don't really like trucks. Hey, let's sing a song about chaw. It rhymes with maw. And I love my maw and the flag. That's new country music, right? That's how they do it. But so fucking what? They don't. They're just they, like I told you, it's journey with a dip in. That's all fucking new country music is. And I'm, I'm seduced by it. 
There are Keith Urban songs I like. There's a uh, there's a country guy named Sam. I don't know what the fuck he shouldn't even be named Sam. That's a country guy can't be named Sam. But there is a country guy named Sam, and I'm I'm uh, I like his song. Uh, and again, as you know, uh, Luke Bryan and I have a controversial history <laughs> with one song in particular uh, that uh, that just uh, unfortunately has attached itself to my brain stem like a barnacle and will not leave the second I hear the opening guitar riff. Oh, Christ. All right. So, uh, but yeah, so here's the thing, man. I don't know what I was even talking about. Oh, you know what? So they're, they're open in the country. You got You got prime rib. You got, and, and fucking just huge bowls of germs and people are choking that down. And, uh, and, and you, and we see the fallout, you see the damage that's happening. Every day you read it, you read that, you know, people are falling ill. People are collapsing. And then every day you see that there are people who are going, well, so what, man? So like 1% of the population, which I, again, a year ago, if you had the argument of, hey, if only 1% of the population died, I'd be cool with it. And it's like, wait a minute, what? Do you, what? 1%? There's like 600 million people in this country. That's high or low. I don't fucking know. Again, making that up like I made up the Gregorians. Uh, but even so, 10% of that is 60 million. So that's 6 million. So you're rooting for a medical holocaust is what you're rooting for. You're rooting for a germ with a tiny Hitler mustache to invade everybody and put them to goddamn death. And I, and I don't care for that, quite frankly. You know me. I think I've made my position clear over the weeks. Wear a fucking mask. Don't touch your face. Wash your fucking hands. Don't lock yourself up in a goddamn Indian sweat lodge or whatever the fuck and try to see visions. Don't go on a vision quest. Here's the thing. Do not go on a vision quest during the time of the germ. With the plague out there lurking, it's floating around. Do not go on a vision quest. A bad time. A bad time to choose the rest of the shoot. Put the log down. Shoot. Go home. Quarantine yourself. You're not going to take on Matthew Modine. Let him stay home and fuck the, uh, the the woman with the short hair whose name I can't remember at this goddamn point in time. But they'll listen to Madonna songs and just fucking headboard bounce. It'll be fucking great. That's fine. Give him a break. Shoot. He'll take you on next year. But people out there with the fucking nonsense and the mask and the don't wear a mask and the fighting and the yelling and every day. And, and it's all just so soul crushingly goddamn stupid like I, I don't understand it but whatever but that's the thing is i don't want to get caught up in that today i don't want to do that uh today is is episode respite that's what i'm calling it episode respite from uh from from the end times from the now times i'm gonna play i'm gonna you know what i'm throwing an episode up from the before times i know because you guys are like oh some people are gonna be like oh no dude like why are you throwing up a rerun it's a uh, fuck you it's not a rerun all right it's a it's a greatest hit it's a chunk of the past. I got 12 years of shows. And um, I think, and again, people are very kind and they write me and they're like, dude, you're our voice in this fucking thing. You're, 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 you're letting us hear it. You're, you're fucking just as mad as we are. And you're right. I am. I'm just as mad as you are, but I have to think, uh, well, all right, I'll just tell you this. Um, I heard from a friend uh, of mine <laughs> and, and this friend was very kind and said, uh, Hey man, you, uh, you need to disconnect from the world for a bit. You need to fucking throttle down because it's uh it's not good for you like it's not healthy and i hear my friend and i love my friend and i'm glad my friend spoke up um i don't necessarily agree i think i need to know what's happening i want to stay as uh but i don't need to be as involved as as i i have been i don't need i don't need to write a manifesto i don't need a cabin i mean i need a cabin i want to get the fuck away from everybody including you that's right you the person who didn't think it was you look in your rearview mirror right now and re- imagine the fact that i'm talking about you you're looking at yourself right in the goddamn eyes and you're like is he talking about me fuck yes i'm talking about you 
You got your earbuds jammed into your fucking iPod vagina and you're fucking listening to me as I'm busting it out. And by the way, where are you listening to me? Are you listening to me on iTunes, perhaps, or Apple Podcasts? You could be doing that. Uh, there's other places to hear me now. Did you know this? I'm on Stitcher. I didn't realize this. I've done a little research this week, too, because some people have been reaching out to me and saying, hey, uh, I'd love to listen to your show on here or there or where, everywhere. Uh, and I'm like, cool. So then someone's like, you should be on Spotify. Are you? I won't lie. It's our good friend Ash was the first person uh, who pushed me. Other people have asked me, or I apologize. People who have asked me about Spotify in the past, I've, uh, I've kind of copped out. All right. You know me. I'm uh, I'm a failure. So I'm always like, Hey, uh, yeah, no Spotify. Oh, I don't, I wouldn't know the first clue. I wouldn't have the first clue how to do that. I'm like, I'm like Jamie gum. Uh, you know, how the police investigations are going police around here. Don't seem to have the first clue. Uh, as he's talking to, of course, the lovely and talented uh, Clarice Starling slash Jodie Foster, who was unbelievably beautiful in that movie. Um, police around here don't seem to have the first clue. So uh, that's as he's looking for old Mrs. Lippman's business card, whatever the fuck. Um, so uh, what the fuck was I talking about? I was all I was I was saying something. Holy fuck! I'm gonna forget. Jamie Gum took me into the uh, into the into the fucking. I really don't remember. Holy fuck! All right, well let's talk about this. Uh, it's episode respite. I'm giving I'm giving you. Uh, oh, uh, about my oh the people at Spotify. People who were saying you should be on Spotify, and they were and they, I would always go. I don't have the I don't have a clue how to do that. I don't know because because it's a cop out because I am a guy who. I always, I always default to this. Hey man, I just talk. I, I talk into the microphone. I do this. And, uh, you know, when Lily was around, she took care of whatever I'd send her an email. She, I, and she would do that. And that made me very happy. Um, but then I, I, you know, I took over and she showed me the most rudimentary way of doing things. So now I record the show. I upload it to art 19. I do the artwork and then I ping feed burner to let you know that it's there. And then I, I can go like this, dust my hands off, done for another week. Fantastic. Um, so then this week I, I tried to go to Spotify and actually bullshit June 16th. I tried to go to, cause our friend Ash kept asking, she's like, could you be on Spotify? I only listen on Spotify. I would love to listen on Spotify. It'd make me easier. If you listen to Spotify, uh, I'm going to stop listening. If you don't go to Spotify, I fucking hate you. If you don't go on to Spotify, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why aren't you on Spotify? And I'm like, Whoa, throttle down Ash. You got a baby on the way. Seems like a lot of bile, a lot of vitriol to throw my way. Don't want to be that angry. You got a child in there gestating lurking around in your baby house and he's just going, Hey, and he's in your stomach going, what the fuck? Why is mom mad? Uh, so don't be mad at me. So I saw, so she, um, mentioned it a few times. Other people, like I said, have written me I've kind of, uh, all right, fuck <laughs> every week. Somebody writes me. I know this, this, I shouldn't be saying this cause it makes me look like a dick, but every week somebody's like, Hey man, how come you're not on Spotify or shouldn't you be on Spotify? And I'm always like, Oh man, I don't know. I don't know how that works. You know, because I got Spotify on the phone. I love it. I love listening to music, but I started to feel like, uh, you know, uh, all right. When the germ came and, uh, and everything's been ruined, as you know, our whole world is falling apart. Uh, it's being torn apart at the seams, being torn asunder. And, and so, uh, I can't go earn money doing anything else. I, I, you know, the, the Uber, even the side hustle is gone, whatever the fuck, whatever hope I had for going back on the road and doing shows, all of the shit is fucking completely fallen apart completely. So this is the gig podcasting, Twitch, uh, eventually YouTube and all that kind of stuff, which I keep promising. And, and, but again, it, it's, it's fucking daunting to me. It's this monolith. And I know you're all like, whatever the fuck, it's just talking and pressing a button, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. I get it. You're right. I'm wrong. But it took me this fucking long to get on Spotify for fuck's sake. I mean, it just, it just, it just did because I didn't investigate it. Cause I didn't look, cause I didn't know what the fuck to do. And I look this whole time I've been doing this show. I've never looked at numbers. 
I, I didn't care about numbers. I didn't care about this until I got to Art 19. And then I started to see numbers a little bit, but they weren't complete numbers. You know what I mean? Like they have numbers from one source, but then there's other sources where you can find who's listening, where they're listening, how many times, how many downloads, what countries, all that shit. I used to come into Lily's place to record and she'd go, do you know that you have 15 listeners in Turks and Caicos this week? And I'd be like, I, that's crazy. Hey, did you know you had 14 downloads in Nigeria this week? And you're just like, what the fuck? Seriously? That shit is amazing to me. Okay. But I also couldn't tell you where to find that information. I don't know a fucking thing about it. I don't know. I, I was on, I was on, uh, what I'm on audacity recording. I was on uh, Libsyn was my host. And I guess they had a breakdown of the fucking numbers, but I never looked. I literally would walk into Lily's house and record the fucking show. And then I'd bail. And, and I didn't. Even though this is this is all I have, even though this show is is uh, this is my job, this is my home run, this is my dream, this is my bulldozer, this is my my fucking uh, it's everything. But I never I never cared to look at the numbers or go all right I got to do this or I got to hustle over here and I get up because I I just assumed as as I always do as you know uh, people will find it people will people will like what I do and word will get around and start to spread because also when I tell you guys when I say stuff like when I self promote uh, I I shrink I I just like why the fuck am I you know this and again a lot of this is repetitive but again it's been repetitive for the last three months because all I'm talking about is the germ and whatever the fuck else and also I'm not living a life I'm not going out and doing anything so this is what's on my brain this is what's on my head so uh I just assumed that it would get around and people would find it and I've been very lucky in that people have discovered it and people have shared it and and I'll get new people writing every week or new people that I didn't even know about our buddy John in Pennsylvania I mean all like people write me that I I didn't know we're listening. My favorite part is my buddy, Mark, who I grew up with, he listened and then he just kind of fell off the map and I never heard from him. And then he just wrote me a text this week. And, and I was very, I was so happy to know that he was still listening. You know what I mean? It's just, it's a small enough show that I think of individual listeners. Does that make any sense? I'm sure there are big shows where they're like, ah, whatever. What are the numbers? Well, for me, the numbers have a face. I've met so many of you guys. I've gone out there and I've corresponded with you. I've heard from you. I've talked to you, new people, old people, whatever the fuck people have been on since the jump. People have been on since never not funny. And, uh, and I'm fucking embarrassed, man. I am. I wish I wasn't. I wish it wasn't true, but it is. Uh, I don't, I don't put nearly the, the effort into this as I should, because to me, the effort is this, this is the effort, the talking. And, uh, and then there are people like, well, you could, you can do that in your fucking sleep. And it's like, well, kind of, but also at the same time, this is, this is, uh, this is the thing I do best. This is the, uh, and I don't want to bore you with the, hey, it's a gift, whatever the fuck. Hey, nobody can do it. Like I do it. Hey, hey, be sad. Fuck. Who cares? Nobody cares. There's a million podcasts that are better than mine. I get it. I understand. I do the best I can with what I got. Uh, and, 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 and that's it. But I, but that's also a lie. I don't do the best I can. I mean, I, I, when the microphone's on, yeah, I'm, I'm fucking hammering when the microphone's off, man, I, I, you know what I do? I stare at the microphone and go, oh man, I'm going to have to talk into that microphone again in seven days. (laughs) Holy shit. I'm going to have to go there and talk. And I don't, cause it will, and it's not, it's not that I don't think I can do it. It's that I worry that people won't like it. And I know I've said this shit all the time and it's this weird snapshot and everybody's like, we get it. We live in your brain. I, I know, I know, man. I know, I know. And this is a jerk off session. So everybody, please put some plastic over your faces like Gallagher. So I don't throw any ropes in your eyes, man. I know. I know. I'm just tossing off. I get it. But I'm just I'm just sharing with you that uh, 
Because again, if I'm, if I'm going to talk about me, I'm, I'm going to tell you that I'm not happy with me. I'm embarrassed. I'm, I'm taken aback. I'm a little thrown. I don't, uh, I don't do what I'm supposed to do. I don't work nearly. Like, look, we went into this year. We, yeah, that's right. You guys and me, we went into this route this year, 2020, uh, 2020, whatever you want to fucking call it. Hugh downs the shit out of it. Barbara Walters, Johnny Stossel's D, Dr. D David Schultz slapping him in the fucking ear while I watched it at Matt Cummings house. That's fine. 2020. Uh, this was the year of, I will. This is the year of I will, man. And we were going to hop on. It was going to be a year of career advancement, a year of physical improvement, a year of mental growth, a, a year of changing a life, a year of becoming. And, uh, and I was really excited to do it. And January 1st came and I hit the fucking ground running, man. I, and I'm, and literally I was running three miles a day, sometimes got up to five miles uh, lifting three times a week, but running the other, f- I ran every day, seven days. I ran and I started out where I was like this thing. I'm like, well, I'll just start out walking and we'll see. And, and like, by the end of the first week, I was like, well, you can actually increase this. You don't have to fucking baby yourself. Cause in my brain, I was like, well, for a month, I'll just do like a mile a day. And then a month later, I'll do a mile and a half. And dude, by the second fucking week, I was doing two miles a day, two and a half miles a day. And every day, because the way my brain works is I'm fucking weirdly addicted to, oh man, you can't do what you did yesterday. You got to do better. You got to do better. And then, like I said, I got up to five miles a day and fucking John was like, hey, look, you, no offense, but you're older than you than you were and uh, you're working hard lifting and maybe five miles a day isn't good. So he talked me down to do three miles a day. He's like, do three miles. He goes, and then when you lift with me, come in and do a mile and a half. We'll lift and then do a mile and a half when I'm done. He goes, break it up, you know, because otherwise he goes, you're probably going to get sick of it. I go, actually, I go the other route. I, I bury myself in it because if you know anything about me, as you know, uh, it's embarrassing to admit, but my life is, is a Billy Joel song. I go to extremes and, and, uh, it's black and white. It's, I don't, I'm either a genius or a retard. Uh, I'm either the fattest man on earth or I'm getting in fucking, I'm carved out of wood and I'm ready to fucking battle. You know what I mean? It's one of those things. So, uh, but I understood what he was saying. He wanted me to preserve my joints. He wanted me, he's like, just, I want you to be healthy for all of this, what we're tackling. So, you know, January comes, like I said, it's the year of 2020. It's the year of I will. Let's fucking get this done. And January, man, I, I'm fucking running. I'm lifting. I'm eating different. I'm, I'm looking at keto, but I'm doing intermittent fasting as well. And John's like, well, you should commit to one or the other. And I'm like, well, but this is working for me. And then, uh, by, by the end of January, I think I dropped 28 pounds or 34 pounds or something like that in a month, in a fucking month. And all that does is embolden you. Then, then your shirts are fitting different. Then your clothes are fitting different. Then you're seeing your cheekbones. Then you're fucking, you're just, you're just feeling good about the direction that you're going. And you're like, yeah, fuck this. You know what? Let's fucking crush it to the point where I actually on Super Bowl Sunday, my buddy Dennis came to town for like three days, three or four days. And I didn't eat, I didn't eat candy all of January. I, I just, I, that was fucking, I, not only cause that's the thing, not only did I fucking lift and run, but I also didn't eat any candy. And, uh, I was checking in every day on the little Schmitty's attaboy fit brigade page, which now has dust on it. You, you open it up on your Facebook and a fucking tumbleweed will hit you right in the face. Um, but you can go there and see, I ain't lying. My progress, I would weigh in every Monday and I would put it up and I, and every, every Monday, every week I was losing eight pounds, nine pounds, 11 pounds. I, it was, it was fucking insane. And I, I've done it. And it's that thing where. In the past, I've done it. I've lost 100 pounds probably seven different times in my life. More than that. I lost 240 once. You know what I mean? And that was was one because I got, you know, they cut me. But, I mean, it fucking happened. Uh, So, so, 
this was the year where it was. And I had, you know, I had shows scheduled in April and, and my friends, Alex and Laura, we had a venue picked out and I was going to do two shows while I was in town. And, and that was going to lead me to start touring and doing more shows and, and looking toward possibly doing a CD at the end of the year. And it's a strange time to want to get back on stage, you know, because uh, comedy is a fucking toxic battleground these days. But but I felt if I kept to myself and I did the thing I wanted to do and I could play to my audience and try to get some new people in there, it would be fine. And, and you know, I was still going to go out to clubs and start working. You know, I was looking at open mics while I was in town. I talked to a buddy of mine about going and working at a casino with him for a few few days on a weekend. You know, just all it was all kind of in motion. It was all in play. And and it all started with the physicality first. That was the, that was the thing I could absolutely control booking stuff, going stuff, it's money and all that shit. But I could, you know what I could control? I could control getting out of bed, going to the gym and running, lifting weights, coming home and eating right. That that's something that I could control myself, booking myself, going to places, whatever the fuck, and then doing this show. These are the things I controlled. Well, February comes. And again, like I said, I, I had no candy, but then Super Bowl Sunday, my buddy comes or my buddy, you know, Dennis is in town for like four days. And, uh, and we ate, like I ate popcorn one day and I felt bad about it. You know what I mean? Like, and it was, there's no butter on it. It was just popcorn with old Bay seasoning. And I wasn't sure if it was keto, but I was like, you know, oh my God, there's a huge spider on my fucking desk. God damn you spider. Sorry. Uh, now it's on my hand. <laughs> I have a towel. Hold on. Uh, gross. <laughs> oh, fuck. All right. I don't like killing spiders, but I mean, I'm doing a show. Yo, you know what? Don't fucking cross my path and I'm doing a goddamn show because there's a good chance you're going to get smacked. You want to get open hand slapped? Walk on my desk during a show. Unless you're a fucking hot chick in loose heels. Uh, I'm not going to slap anybody. All right. But still, it's, it's, oh, gross. Fuck. I got the shakes. <laughs> and, and he's, I, all right, this towel. Well, fuck. Just clean him up. All right. All right, <laughs> dude, don't come on my desk. I've had, you know what? Fuck him because I got two spider bites. That's probably him. He was coming back for lunch. That motherfucker wanted another chunk out of me. God damn it. I got a spider bite on my wrist and get this. I got a spider bite on my fucking thigh. Do you know how close that spider was to my cock? That's not good news at all. Fuck you, spider. Uh, now, look, I'm an attractive man. Certainly that can't be argued and tasty. I'm tasty as fuck, apparently. You know how you know how tasty I am? This motherfucker was willing to risk it in broad goddamn daylight to take a chunk out of me and thought I wouldn't fucking fight back. Well, guess what, spider? Have a seat. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um All right, this my hand is gross now. I now I want to take a break to wash my hand. But fuck that. I'm do you know what? I'm doing this show with spider hand. You want a piece of me? Talk to your other podcasters. You think one of these other fucking geniuses, you think Paul F. Tompkins and his wife trapped in their house are doing a show with dead spiders on them? No. They're all clean and fucking funny. I, I don't worry about any of that stuff. I don't, I don't worry about being clean or funny. I do. I do a show where I'm, I'm, it's a confessional show with dead spider on me. That's right. This is the kind of week it's supposed to be. Yeah. Don't, don't think to yourself that I'm going to be some guy who comes out here and does like a regular show with everybody with like a, a fucking alarm clock where people will go, Hey, let's talk about movies we saw once. Fuck that. I kill spiders and talk shit. That's, that's who the fuck I am. You can't step to me. Everybody's like, oh, let's watch uh, the, the Power Rangers one at a time and talk about the Power Rangers show. Wasn't that great? No, it wasn't great. You know what I do? I kill spiders and I talk shit. Hey, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They were, that was a great. I liked the cartoon, but then I liked the movies, too. Let's talk about that here on Turtle Talk. Fuck you. Kill spiders. Talk shit. Uh, my hand is gross. All right. Uh, 
that's my fucking jerk off hand too. I had to go lefty because he's on the left side of the desk. I couldn't reach across. I might have knocked the mic over. How great would that have been? I would have chappelled it like with the water pitcher. The fucking mic just makes a crazy noise. <laughs> fucking dead spider guts all over the desk. Uh, hold on. Fuck you too. What the? That's right. I killed you a second time. I thought he twitched. He might have moved. He might have fucking moved. I took him out. Uh, you, you don't fucking don't don't fucking cross my path, spider. All right. Now, I'm, you know, I got to admit, now I'm getting cocky. Now I'm just killing shit to kill shit. Now I'm smacking shit for no reason. Why am I killing a dead spider? Now his ghost is going to get me. That's fucked. I just killed that spider. And look, the spider sees it this way. He's like, haha, I'm on the desk. Let's take a bite out of this clown. And I'm like, whoa, guess what? I see you now. I'm not sleeping. So he can't sneak up and get a wrist bite or a fucking thigh bite going for a cock bite. So I see him and boom, I get him with the left hand and smash him. Then I hit him a second time and smash him. Uh, and now his ghost is flying around going, hey, buddy, I was dead with the first shot. Don't fucking desecrate my corpse by smashing me a second time or even a third time if you thought about it. But I wiped him up with a fucking towel, but then it's just there's that spot that looks like that's just my you know what? I no longer have a desk. I have a spider graveyard. That's not good at all. That's oh, what a fucking turn of events this is. I here I am doing a show telling you about the fucking shortcomings in my life and then spider graveyard pops out of nowhere. He was coming for me. You know what? Maybe he was <laughs> he was sick. He was sick of the show. Maybe he was listening and he's just like, you know what, fuckhead, get to the point. Nobody wants to hear you pissing and moaning about 2020, the year of I will. You know what it is? It's the year of spider bites, baby. You're going fucking down. We're going to chew the fuck out of you and wrap you up in a web. God damn, now it's a fucking horror film. I got a spider ghost floating around, man. I desecrated his corpse. What does a spider ghost do? Is he gonna, I mean, he can't, he can't spin a ghost web, right? There's no fucking specter web that's going to wrap me up. I'm not going to have that. A phantom web. Ooh, ghost spider, ghost spider with a phantom web. I like that. Those are both great names for bands and race cars. Ghost spider and phantom web. Specter web. Uh, Spider graveyard. Look, let's be honest. You can add spider to anything and it sounds good. Spider Auschwitz. There you go. It's a better, you know, it sounds like a summer camp that you got to warn kids to spray their bug spray on them. I mean, it's like literally it's, it's, it's just fucking spider. Spider makes anything better or or tougher or, or meaner or whatever the fuck. Um, all right. Oh, Jesus. The fuck was I talking about before I got attacked by wildlife? God damn it. What is with me, man? Possums and spiders and shit. Did the possum send this guy? What the that's, that's 10 years ago. Never mind. All right. So here. Uh, so, so in December, fucking, <laughs> uh, in December, my friend was in town and I ate popcorn. And I actually felt bad about it. There was no butter on it. Just old Bay seasoning. And I ate the fuck out of it, man. It was just like, I, you know, it was that thing where I was like, ah, I might have a couple of handfuls. And then, you know what? We ate a giant bowl of popcorn. I just, and also my buddy Dennis, I, you know, cause here's the thing, man. If I'm hungry, uh, I go get something. I have, I have, uh, various minimum wage, uh, employees prepare it for me and put it into a bag. And then I come home and I scarf it in the dark. Um, not often do I think to myself, Hey man, maybe I'll make a BLT at my house. Even though that's what you should do as a grown up. You should say, Hey, I'm going to make a BLT or you know what? Why don't I make some scrambled eggs and wolf those down? That's a good meal and it's in your house. Um, but it's always been easier for me to just go get it out of a bag or go get it out of a fucking clamshell or whatever the fuck and go, Hey man, make me some Popeye's chicken sandwich. Hey, you, you got some dirty rice and some fucking mashed potatoes with Cajun gravy. Put it all in a bag, man. Uh, cause a Popeye's is a block from my house. Jesus fuck. Um, or Chinese house, which is a mile and a half from me. All these different places. You know that. Uh, but he was in my house and he's like, hey, man, I want popcorn. You got popcorn? I go, I don't think I do. He goes, let's go to the store. So we literally ran out to the store, grabbed a, a fucking giant container of popcorn, came home. And he goes, you got a pot for this? I go, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. 
it's so pathetic. Like I about two years ago, I bought a fuck ton of pots and pans, like one of those sets. You know what I mean? Where it's like, here's a saucepan and here's a griddle or whatever the fuck. Uh, I literally this is not a joke. I think I have three George Foreman grills in my in my cabinet because of my ex-wife. And then I bought one not knowing my ex-wife had left one underneath a cabinet or whatever the fuck. Uh, And I got again, I have good kitchen stuff. I got a rice cooker courtesy of our good friend Jamers. I've got a uh, I've got a Vitamix, which still works badass. I've I've got a Keurig uh, coffee pot maker. I've got a fucking instant pot, which I've used fucking three times. I, I bought these with the greatest of intentions. So I bought these pots also two years ago. I bought a bunch of spices then, too, which are probably all stale in my cabinet because I, I envisioned cooking. I'm like, oh, here we go. Here's what I do. You know what I do? I get fire in a spoon and I make shit happen. And then nothing. Because, again, I don't know if you're aware of this. Chinese food is a mile away. Popeye's is a block away. Pizza Hut is half a block away. That seems nah, it's two blocks away. But still, oh yeah, Popeye's is Popeye's is about a quarter mile away. And Pizza Hut is two blocks away. And that's not even a joke. It's like right up on the corner from my house. It's weird. It's a Pizza Hut in a neighborhood. That doesn't, why? Uh, and that's supposed to be Applebee's, right? Aren't you eating good in the neighborhood with Applebee's? But then Pizza Hut encroaches on their fucking slogan and their whole fucking business plan. Uh, and also, oh man, I'll tell you what, you know, it's Kitty Corner from the fucking uh, uh, Pizza Hut. There, it used to be a plaza with the gym where I would go sh- go work out with John, but now they moved the gym. But now there's a fucking it used to be a dress store and then it was closed forever and nobody knew what the fuck it was going to be. Uh, and then they, it's a Thai restaurant, but it's called the rustic spoon, which is the weirdest thing in the world. The rustic spoon Thai restaurant. I mean, that just, I shouldn't it be called something with a bunch of V's in it. I mean, like that's, that's Thai food to me, uh, like a V and a Q at some point, but, or that backwards Q, get a backwards Q in there. Or is that, that's uh, that might be Hispanic food, Mexican food, whatever the fuck. Um, so they fucking, sure enough, the Rustic Spoon Thai restaurant, you know when they opened? That is not even a joke. Uh, like, I think it was like March 1st. They were like launched their grand opening right when the state shut it down. Like they, and so now I dry, I've not eaten there yet. And I, I, in my brain, I'm like, you really should go eat there. Just go get, go get a fucking uh, uh, thing of uh, Prick Nam Song or whatever the fuck that stuff is. What's the stuff that's got the noodles and the, and the short rib in it? Oh my God, it's so good. Um, but I mean, I, cause it's a local restaurant. It's a local joint. That's why you shouldn't be going to Popeye's or shit like that. You support these local joints. And this one's been open, right? It opened right in the middle of a plague. Can you imagine that shit? What if you were in England and you're like, Hey, we welcomed ye old mead house. And you're like, really? With well, a black plague has arrived from the, <laughs> some other country and it's wiping people the fuck out. And you're like, Oh, well, do they like bangers and mash? No, they like medicine. You fuck. Do you have any medicine at your, at your ye old ale house? Because that's what the black plague people like. They like medicine. Nobody wants to eat mushy peas when their insides are melting. Well, you know what? If your liver is liquidated, the last thing you're thinking in your brain is, oh, you know what I want? I want to have a fucking toad in a hole. That's what I want. Oh, that'll, that'll fill the empty spot my liver left. Uh, but that's the deal. So like these people at the Rustic Spoon, they don't serve medicine either. They serve pad thai and all sorts of bullshit, right? Probably those fucking spring rolls. And I should go in there. I should support them and go, hey, look, I feel terrible for you guys. But also then part of me goes, what's what's my 28 bucks going to do? You know what I mean? Like, am I? what if I'm the only guy who goes in there? Am I keeping them afloat? Am I keeping them open? No, I'm not. And unless I go in there and spend $1,000, is it worth it to them? 
I don't know. Can you imagine if you owned a restaurant? How fucking terrible would it be right now? You're trying to trick people to come for the takeout. You're, and then you're opening up at the social distancing. Because that was another thing. They're like, hey, man, everybody can sit like five meters away from one another. And also we'll put mannequins in here to make it look like it's open. And then we'll and, and if you're going out to eat right now, if you're going to a restaurant, know this. You are eating so much spit. Do you know how much spit you're eating when you go out? And I'm not doing this as a way to make restaurants feel bad or not get money spent there. But the staff does not want to be there. Nobody, nobody wants to make you ramen during the end times. I'm sorry. It's just, it's just nobody out there is like, ah, you know what? I would love to put on five layers of protective clothing to make somebody a Denver omelet. Wouldn't that be grand? Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait to stand in a hot kitchen that's made even hotter by the fact that I have to wear two masks on my face and I can't wait to try to handle a skillet with gloves on. What the fuck? Are you shitting me? And also, what are you doing eating in a restaurant? You're ordering breakfast from people that are clad head to toe in protective clothing. That would be that would be like going to have the lunch special at Silkwood. I mean, like literally, like the Silkwood special. Bring me, bring me a sandwich and a and an intensely scrubbing shower. Could you do that for me? Could I have a club sandwich and five guys just grinding me with a fucking metal brush while Cher cries just off screen? Could you do that for me? What the fuck are you doing leaving your house? Stay home. Go to the store and make your own food. Or, or, or if, if you have, if God forbid you need to have somebody bring you food, give them $800 in tips. These people don't want to be bringing you shit either. Some poor guy out there delivering fucking mushroom fried rice because otherwise his kid won't eat. And then you give him a dollar. Get fucked. What is wrong with you, man? Tip a guy. So this fucking tie joint is, is open. And I think to myself, well, I should, I got to help these motherfuckers, right? Don't I? But I don't know. You can't save the fucking world, even though you want to. You're thinking to yourself, let's save the goddamn world. Wouldn't that be fucking cool if we could save the world? But they open the restaurants and the bars. They're like, yeah, it's cool. And then everybody gets fucking sick, right? Uh, Wait, what was I talking about? I was talking about something else completely, entirely different from this. Uh, Oh, how embarrassed I am to be a human being. Yeah, that's right. That's what I was talking about. Oh, popcorn. That's how we started on this. So fucking Dennis makes his popcorn and I wolfed the shit out of it. Because again, I found out I had a pot. I didn't, I, a big enough pot. Because look, I have... I'm looking right now at a gigantic, my mom used to have these pots called Dutch ovens, which are fucking huge. Well, I'm looking at one that's just twice its size. Like I could make, I could make spaghetti for 40 in this fucking pot, just gravy at least. I mean, it's just fucking huge. Uh, have I ever used it? No, I don't even know why the fuck it's in my house. I I don't know why my ex-wife thought we needed a pot this big unless she was looking for something heavy enough to hit me with. So I would die. Like that's the only thing I could think of with this fucking pot. Um, how big is this pot? This is completely true. I could put my head in it. And I mean, again, I wear a size eight baseball hat, so I could fucking put my whole head in this and it would come down to my shoulders and, and it would, it would fit. I could play space robot in this hat. Hold on. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go play space robot. That's a great idea. You know what I need to do? I need to fucking throw this pot on my head and play space robot and walk the fuck around. That'd be great. I don't know, man. So Dennis is like, Hey man, let's make some popcorn. And we did. And I felt bad. I felt like I was cheating. Because I'd been eating so good up to that point, but popcorn is, you're just eating air with Old Bay seasoning, man. There's nothing better. And I, and I was like, well, because I, I Googled it. That was when I was that fucking absurd nerd dude who was like, hey, man, uh, how, many, well, how many keto points is fucking this spice or whatever the fuck? Hey, can I eat coriander? You know, those dumb questions were just like, just eat like a normal person. That's all you got to fucking do. But also I was starting from a base of operations where I was trying to lose 100 pounds. Like I wanted to lose 100 pounds this year. That was the whole goal. 
So, uh, so Dennis makes the popcorn. Then we go to a, I went to a Super Bowl party. And again, I'd eaten like a fucking, I'd done a really good job. So I was like, you know what, Super Bowl party? Because it's uh, the place I go to, man, they have, he has a, he has the personal chef. And she cooks like, I mean, tons of fucking food. Like fucking homemade pasta and fucking homemade meatballs and, and, and tri-tip. And just, I mean, it's just all over the fucking place. Uh, not to mention supplemented with bowls, like 80 bags of any kind of chip you could want bowls of candy, like Halloween candy, like, you know, Kit Kats and fucking Snickers and Twix, like all that shit in bowls. And just, you walk by and grab it. Uh, and I was, I was doing great. I mean, I, I had a plate of food, but I didn't eat the dessert that they had. And I had like, but I had meat. I tried tip. I ate a bunch of stuff, but then I ate some pasta. I ate some carbs. I wasn't, you know, with keto, you're not supposed to, but I was like, well, Super Bowl Sunday, kind of a holiday. Let's go. You know, that thing where you just, and that's when it creeps in when you start giving yourself permission, man. So then in the, like the third quarter of the game, I'm sitting, uh, we were sitting outside on the patio watching that me and Dennis make our way to the inside where there's like 10 televisions on the wall. Not a joke, like a Vegas casino. His one whole wall is just a media wall of televisions. So we sit in these recliners that are, you know, fucking, they, they got everything, everything but a fleshlight. You know what I mean? Where it's like, there's just fucking spaces for drinks and a fucking recliner and a pillow and a massager. And it's just, and the only thing it doesn't have is something you plug your cock in. I mean, that's seriously, which they need to fucking invent immediately, if not sooner. And uh, I got up because I was, you know, I'm like, oh, maybe I'll have a meatball or something. Whatever the fuck. I'll just go graze. And then I saw the bowl of candy and I was like, you know what? Fuck this. You know what? You've been good. Do it. But the problem is I didn't eat like one. I'm like, I can't eat just like one Twix. So I grabbed like two fistfuls of fucking candy bars. And I brought them over and I hear, because again, this is, this is luxury. This is my idea of, of rich or being kind to myself or whatever, or whatever the fuck. I brought him over to the, because, you know, Dennis and I were sitting, he's on my left, and uh, there's a, you know, these these fucking recliners are connected by a, a fucking, again, a table with fucking cup holders and, a, and a, a volume control, whatever the fuck. So I just dropped these two fucking, because again, uh, these monster handfuls of candy. And he just looks at me and he just starts laughing. And I go, ah, go ahead, jump in. And uh, here's my issue. Like, like I said, I don't eat one Kit Kat. I don't eat one Twix. I just, I just start mowing through this candy. Now I don't even want it. Wasn't even hungry. Really? It was just, I was just bored sitting there watching the game. I'm like, well, I'll go grab something. We're here. Why not? And, uh, I wanted to check on the numbers for the pool anyway, but I grabbed this candy and I just keep picking it up and unwrapping. I, I have my, believe me, I have my bite size, fun size, Halloween candy technique down. You pick it up, you tear it open, you squeeze it into your mouth. Gone. You put the wrapper down. And so I just started doing that. And I would like, there'd be Kit Kats. I'd go one, two, three Kit Kats into my mouth. Chew those up. Twix, one, two, three Twix. Snickers, one, two, three Snickers. And, uh, oh no, you get two Snickers. Can't fit three Snickers in your mouth. Uh, the little, you know, the fun size. But I mean, I'm just mowing through. Dennis doesn't reach for any of it. And I fucking plow through two handfuls of miniature fun size candy bars, which, you know, you figure you put two of, two of those together, you got a candy bar. Well, there's gotta be, 40 pieces of candy that I brought over. I mean, I just grabbed them with my hands and I'm wolfing it. I'm eating it. I'm eating it. I'm eating it. And then there's just this pile of fucking wrappers. And Dennis looks around and he reaches over to grab one and he just gets his hand into the, you know, like fucking Madge and Palmolive. His hand just goes into the pile of wrappers. He's go, he just looks at me and he goes, dude, I'm like, what? He goes, what the fuck? 
I go, yeah, no, you want me to get more? And he goes, no, what did you do? And I mean, this was, this was in 10 minutes, five minutes. I blazed through like fucking 35 candy bars. I just fucking wailed on them because it's this weird thing where I'm like, all right, well, you know, we got to eat this. And again, you know me with my fucking counting and the numbers and the, well, we got to eat three of these and then we got to eat three of these and then two of these and then two of these. We got to match. I have to match. The Snickers have to match. I, I, I like to separate them in fiefdoms. I like to put them in little kingdoms. There's, oh, there's the kingdom of the Twix. We have to, oh, let's invade them. And I, I, I just, it's a game. Nobody needs to eat 25, 35 candy bars. But I just, I, and I wasn't even eating them so much as inhaling them. I just fucking wailed on them. So, uh, I, I laughed and then I looked and then, I mean, the rappers now they're just mocking me. They're, they're staring at me like a dead spider splattered on my fucking spider graveyard of a desk. So I get up and I have to scoop up with both hands, these rappers and I take them and I throw them out and then I grab more candy bars and I put them between us and I go, oh, there you go. And he's like, I don't, I just wanted one. Don't worry about it. I go, no, go ahead, go ahead. And it took 10 minutes, like I said, for me to wail through them. And then it took another five minutes. And I just, I felt fucking awful. I felt so fucking gross. I think I told you guys this story. I fucking just, I just felt disgusting. It it just, it was nauseous. Like I, because I'd spent a month eating clean and lifting and running and feeling good and, and making changes. It was the year of, I will the year and 2020 and let's fucking get it done. And here I had given myself permission to go, well, you know, you can take a break one day. You can take a break one day. And, uh, it wasn't even one day really. I mean, I, I, you know, I ate good food for, for the, the buffet spread, whatever the fuck. But then I just wolfed those candy bars. That was, that was 10 minutes and I was sick. And then I'm mad at myself. And then you do that thing where you just, you kick your own ass and you're like, oh, what the fuck did I do? I fucking failed. I did this, blah, blah, blah. And then you, I've learned in, in the many years of eating and not eating and changing and losing and gaining and whatever the fuck to go, you know what, Mike, you got to stop. You got to give yourself a break on this one. You fucked up. Tomorrow's a different day. You can do this. And so I did. So the next day was one of the days when I did five miles on the fucking treadmill uh, and lifted because it was Monday morning. I lifted on Monday, Wednesday, Fridays. And uh, and I ran hardcore. And I was like, all right. And I will tell you this too. Like at that point, you, you burn like fucking 600 calories or whatever the fuck or, or 800. I don't even know. But in my head, I'm like, that, that didn't even put a dent in the candy I ate. You know what I mean? I probably ate 2,500 calories worth of just candy. And then you start to realize just how much damage you do in 10 minutes you, when you go off and you fucking hammer yourself, man. It's crazy. But that's okay. I was back on track. So February was about running and lifting and running and lifting and doing this and making the plans for Ireland. And we're going to do this and it's the year of I will. And let's fucking get it done. It's going to be fucking amazing. And then, and then, and then, uh, um, I had a friend visit for a couple of weeks. Um, uh, uh, the lovely Bridget came and visited me and we, we cooked awesome food. We, we made great stuff. We, we, we made like fucking keto meatballs and keto meatloaf. And we, we ate food that we made. Like we went, we wound up going for sushi one day, but then we went grocery shopping and we cooked in the house and it's, and it's, it's so much more fun to do that with somebody. You know what I mean? I mean, I look, I can stay alive. I can do rudimentary bullshit. I can go get a steak and make it in a fucking cast iron skill. I can do that shit, but it's more fun when you're doing it with somebody and there's someone to go, 
good job. Somebody go, boy," or somebody go, yeah, I'm proud of you, or I'm, I'm glad you did this, or, you know, and, and you feel it. You feel happy and proud and, and you're sharing it with somebody. And that's, that's really fucking great. Uh, and we had a fucking amazing time. And, and then we, even when we went out, like we wound up going to the movies and, and, uh, we went to the, the fucking Alamo draft house and they serve you food. And even then I got a, I got a cheeseburger, but I, I took it off the bun. Like I just ate the meat and the, and the cheese. Like, I mean, even then I was still being okay. I'm like, all right, no carbs. I'm going to avoid this. But the whole two weeks I kept saying to her, Hey, you know what? I'm going to get some candy bars. I'm going to get candy bars. And, and she would be, she was, again, she was very uh, nice about it. And she said, okay, if you want to do that, that's fine. But you shouldn't do that. Don't do that. Don't, you shouldn't, you know, you, you're doing so good. You're doing so good. Don't do that. And I'm like, yes, I know I'm doing so good, but that's why I can, we can just spend one day. I can get a couple of candy bars for one day. She's like, no, no, you're. And you're, you're doing good. You're, you're doing so good. You're, you're so proud. And I got mad, not at her, but in my brain, I got mad going, well, why are you telling me what to do? Why aren't you, why aren't you letting me do this? I mean, I've done really good for six weeks, uh, seven weeks. I've done a great job. I mean, I fucked up with the candy the one day, but so what, you know, and I, I didn't say any of this to her, but I mean, I, um, but she was, she was encouraging me. She wasn't, that's the thing. She wasn't saying you can't fucking do that. She was saying, oh, you're doing so good. You don't want to mess that up. You know, you don't. And she was, she was helping. But when you're a fucking weird ass addict, all you're looking for is somebody to give you permission. So I, I wanted her permission to have candy. I want, I wanted her to say it would be okay. Uh, and then she didn't. And then I, I was resentful inside. I was resentful of her, even though of course I also knew that was stupid and I knew I was being a child uh, and I didn't verbalize it to her, but in my brain, I was also like, oh man, well, fuck, you know, this is like, you're here. It's like vacation. Like we can spend two weeks of just doing fucking crazy sex stuff and eating chocolate. It'll be fucking amazing. Um, which is, uh, it was not a healthy attitude to have in any way, shape or form. Uh, half of that is, but then the chocolate thing, it's like, no, who fucking cares? Right. So, uh, but I did, I was, I resented her like a child, like a child would. I, and I was then doing something that I've done. I did with my ex-wife and I was putting her in the role of a parent because I was looking for her to say it was okay to do something that I shouldn't do. And, uh, you know, Karen was, I think probably I just wore her down where she just kind of approved of any dumb thing I would do eventually any can. That's how I got to be 500 pounds. I mean, I just ate like a fucking psychopath and she never once said, Hey, you know, you, you, you shouldn't do this because she was tired of my black cloud wearing her the fuck down. She was tired of me going, what do you mean? I, I should do this. Why, why can't I do this? I, I, Cause uh, I'll, I'll, I'll argue the fuck out of you. Don't, don't kid yourself. I think you know that in the old days, you know, I, I think I'm, I'm fuck that. I don't think I know that I'm much better now in that area. Uh, do I still need a fuck ton of work in a lot of other areas? I do. I do. So, uh, so I was trying to put Beach in, in this role of, of approval of being a parent to tell me that I could do something that I wanted to do. And then she didn't. And so I, I, I became a sourpuss about it, you know, and not to her. I, I, I mean, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> I might, I might've reacted incorrectly a couple of times. We'll see. But I, I, I did what I could to fight it off, you know? And then she left after two weeks and I, I got, I said, well, all right, you know, I'm going to take her to the airport. 
And, uh, you know, took her, I dropped her off at the Burbank airport. And the first thing I did was I stopped at the grocery store and I bought candy bars. I hadn't had them in, you know, I had the Super Bowl fucking debacle, but I hadn't had licensed plates of chocolate in seven weeks. And also lifting, running, still losing weight. I was down, I was down 50 pounds at this point, still making unbelievable progress, but also in my brain, the weakness was, oh, well, yeah, you're down 50 pounds. So now you can go ahead and treat yourself, man. Go have some candy. Uh, And then when she wouldn't let me have it, all it, all, all, all I had in my brain was getting candy. And you notice how I even frame it there. She wouldn't let me have it. That's bullshit. I can do whatever the fuck I want. And she didn't care. She's like, go ahead. But I don't think you should, hon. You're doing really good. And, uh, and that was great of her to say that. And I appreciated it. But at the same time, I resented the fuck out of it because there is still, uh, a child inside of me who was never really parented, who just does whatever the fuck he wants. And I knew the right thing, but I was asking her to tell me I could do the wrong thing because then it was off the hook. I wasn't, I wasn't the only one making the decision. I wasn't the only one who was contributing to my own destruction. I I then would have an ally. I then would have someone who said it was okay to do a bad thing. And, uh, when I couldn't get her on board with it, I, I put her in the, in the, in, in the, uh, role of the enemy. And so when I dropped her off at the airport, I went, well, fuck this. Now I can do whatever the fuck I want. Now, now I made her the oppressor when she wasn't clearly there was no oppression. What I should have done was just lived my life and gone home. And no, I stopped and got candy bars. I hadn't had them for seven weeks, license plates of chocolate. I brought them home. I'm like, you know what? I'll have two. I'll just eat two and then I'll be fine. And uh, I haven't stopped since the middle of February. Now, the rest of February, I was still running. I was still lifting. I was still eating right. I wasn't eating fast food, but I was still getting chocolate. Now, I wasn't eating it every day, but I was getting it every other day. And, uh, And still losing weight. I got down to where I lost 61 pounds, 62 pounds. Really? I was at 366 on January 1st. I got down to 304 and, uh, and that was the weigh in at the end of February. I believe it was 304. And then the next two weeks, like the next week, cause I started eating chocolate and I started, I was still running and lifting and I skipped the gym one day. Like I skipped running and then, uh, I put two pounds on. And in my brain, I went, all right, fuck you. You can't, you can't do this. You can't backslide, man. And two pounds is not a big deal, but you've been, I had been losing nine pounds a week. So then in my brain, I go, well, fuck, that's an 11 point, 11 pound swing. What the fuck are you doing, man? And in the meantime, with me giving permission to myself to take a wrecking ball to everything I'd done outside of these walls, the world was falling apart. Uh, the germ was coming. It was in, it was in China and then it was here and then it was starting to spread. And, and then there were questions about what was going to happen. And, and I, uh, you know, I didn't know, and I didn't know how serious it was going to turn out to be. I had no clue. And because we were, we were told it wasn't that serious. 
Now, I was reading alternate news and I was reading stuff from overseas and things like that that were telling me, no, no, this is going to be very serious. Uh, But then none of us have ever lived through anything like this unless you were around for the Spanish pandemic and then good for you, 100-year-old listener. Why the fuck have you reached out to told me that you're a centennial who's fucking listening to this show? Uh, Centenarian, whatever the fuck. But... But I, I'm going to speak for me, and I think maybe I speak for at least some of you when I say, well, we just assumed that it was not going to be this bad. Because in our lifetime, nothing has ever really been this bad. When Ebola showed up, they fucking jumped on it. When the swine flu was here, they jumped on it. Like, that shit lasted a couple of weeks. There was always that threat. They'd float something around. So, I, I, hell, I got the swine flu in 2009. You know, shit like that. They, it would, it would show up and then the government would fix it or the medicine would come or it would just, you wouldn't be sick anymore. You know what I mean? It would just, they would get a handle on it. And then they didn't. And then it got worse. Uh, and then we were told, oh, it would go away overnight and then it didn't. And then it got worse. And, and, uh. This was in March when it first started to turn bad, when they closed everything here. Now they closed everything in March. And again, I had momentum, even though I had already lapsed back into chocolate, but I'd already put, I put like six pounds back on March 10th is the last time I went to the gym. And, uh, that's four months ago. And I have done nothing in that four months, except everything I can to completely reverse any gains or strides I had made starting on January 1st. I, <laughs> I joke that the germ has come and the world is ending and everything's turning upside down and, and, uh, and even though I joke about it, look, we all hold out hope that things are going to change or things will be better going forward or the world, whatever the fuck. But I can tell you this. I've been living like the world was going to end because I, I don't take care of myself at all. I mean, look, I shower and shave, you know, shave twice a week, shower every day, brush my teeth twice a day, mouthwash. I mean, I'm still a, I'm still a tidy person. I don't mean I've slipped into some kind of weird depression where I stink or whatever the fuck, but, uh, but I have had, I have had no physical activity in four months and I have done nothing but, but eat garbage. I've joked about it in the past. You know, I'm like, Oh yeah, I've called it garbage. That's what I've done. You know, and at my worst, I told you, you know, two years ago, I was, I ate ravioli sandwiches. Like I would boil ravioli and drench it in butter and put it on like rye bread that was toasted with butter and, and eat the fuck out of it. And it was cheese ravioli sandwich. Insane. Well, I have, I have found new ways to, to, to eat different things these days. And it is crazy. It's, it's, it was two and a half months basically of, well, was, let's put it this way. It was seven weeks of doing everything I could to do the right thing and live toward the goal of I will. And then the busted wiring in my head again, kicked off some sparks and I decided to jump back into eating chocolate. 
and I framed it in a way it was like, well, you know, I'll, I'll, I can do what I want or whatever. I, again, it's that same thing that has haunted me my entire life. You can't tell me what to do. I'm so adult. I can act like a kid whenever I want. I'm such a grown up. I can act like a child. The adult in me gives myself permission to behave like a child all the time. And it used to be worse. It used to be, you know, it would lead to physical confrontations. It would let me, I would lose my temper, all that kind of shit. And I've, I've, I've sanded the rough edges off there. But this, this weird attitude of being so much of an adult that I can give myself permission to indulge myself while at the same time being unkind to myself just exists. And though I've been able to defeat it for stretches, I once defeated it for like three years, four years in a row. I defeated it for seven weeks this time. And it came back. And I would have still been going to the gym and lifting and running, but you know what? The chocolate had infected me and what I've been able to stop that. I don't, I don't know, man. That's the thing. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing that this was the year of I will. And two days ago, I went to the grocery store. I did some shopping. Uh, I came home. I washed four loads of clothes. I changed the sheets. I cleaned the bathroom. I ran the vacuum, took the garbage out. And... And then I was sore that night, like sore, like my shoulders and my arms and like, and my legs from walking. I, I mean, you know, I, I was in a position where I was starting again to bring out older clothes and looking good and feeling better. And now again, my shirts couldn't be worse. And my cheekbones are once again covered under four months of fucking indulgence. And, uh, and I'm, and I'm angry at myself and I'm embarrassed and, uh, and believe me, I don't want to tell you this. It's not like I'm, I, it's not like I was like, Oh, I can't wait to do that show where I reveal that I failed once again. Um, it's a struggle. We all struggle. I get it. And everybody's going to write me and be kind. And I understand that you're nice. And some people might be like, fuck you. Ha ha fatty. I, I don't know. It happens all the day. It's, it's always a coin flip. Who the fuck knows? Um, but you know, I've spent the last four months angry at the world and, and in addition to swallowing chocolate and donuts and fucking Chinese food and noodles and rice and carbs and fucking every, every possible bad thing you could throw into your mouth. Uh, I, I've also... <laughs> been swallowing rage for the condition of the world and not understanding why people won't change, why it won't be fixed, why people don't understand. And, and then I've, and then I've been vomiting it up on the show, which is cool. I mean, I like it. Like I like doing those shows. I love running downhill and just throwing fucking punches at everything in my way. And that's fucking cool. Um, but I sit here and I pine for the world to change when I can't even get my own situation under fucking control. 
when I can't grab the reins on something that, that I've been doing for decades <laughs> and I, I've been able to fix it in the past for, for short bursts. And, uh, and I'd be lying if I told you that this was the great kick, you know, this isn't, this is no, ah, here's my line in the sand with this show by telling you this, I'm going to go ahead. I no man, no, I'm, I'm not telling you I'm ready to fix anything. I'm not telling you I'm going to be better going forward. I say that all the time. And so fucking what do it. Less fucking yap, yap, more fucking doing stuff. But when you're trapped in your house and you can't go anywhere and you got to wear a mask and do all these other things, like, you know, I've contacted my buddies, the the guy who trained me. And then the other guy who was going to train me and I, I've reached out and, and who knows when the gyms will close next. So then I should go to the park and run, but I will not lie to you. I look like hell. Like when I was lifting, I felt even, even when I wasn't doing cardio, when I was still lifting, I felt swole. I felt fucking big. I had big ass arms. My fucking forearms were fucking yoked. Even though I was like, I told you I was, I was, I was a suit of armor wrapped in baloney. Well, now I might be a suit of baloney wrapped in baloney. I don't fucking know. I mean, I'm not nearly as hard as I was. And I, and, and I, I've sat and I've thought, well, how to fix that? And then it's so funny. People they always say shit like, well, you know, you can exercise around the house. You can do push-ups and sit-ups. And I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. Again, I'm not in prison. Although I guess I am in prison. Who the fuck knows? And also, man, I, I, one of the reasons I liked the treadmill was because the treadmill is unforgiving. Like if I go to the park and start running, you know what I can do? Stop. I can just fucking stop and walk or walk back to the car. Or drive over to that guy who's got a taco truck. I, you know, I can do any of that bullshit. But when you're on the treadmill and you've set the treadmill for an hour, you know you're on it for an hour. I need that. I need that discipline. I need that arbiter of my time who forces me to do that. I need that parent. The role that I tried to force on my ex-wife, the role that I tried to force on Beach. I force that on the treadmill. You're my dad for the next hour. Make me do this because I'm incapable of doing it myself. Even after almost six years of therapy with Shannon, who I have not seen since the German, I probably won't go back to because what's the point? What are you going to talk about? (laughs) Hey, uh, you know, it's really weird that the world might end. Isn't that strange? Like, I don't want to fucking talk about that existential garbage. I can't even fix my own nonsense. I'm going to talk about the world at large in a room that I'm paying 75 bucks a session for. Fuck that. But even talking to her, she would say to me, you know, you have to care about yourself more. There's, there's something that's keeping you from valuing yourself. And that's why you allow yourself to do these things, to indulge yourself in doing these destructive behaviors. And I, I, I completely agree, but I can't find it. I can't solve it. I peel that onion and I'm still peeling it and I I can't get to it. I don't know why I don't value myself. When I was running, when I'd go to the gym I had a ritual, you know, I'd lift and I, and I, when I would lift, I'd, I'd walk out of there feeling like I'd put somebody through a fucking wall 
I wanted, I wanted to just fucking run. And I, I talked about this when I lost my weight. I told the doctor, I just want to run again. And then I did. When I would lift, I would be vibrating. Like I would, I loved it when I would get in the shower and I couldn't lift my arms to wash my hair. And, and cause I'd be so sore, my fucking pecs or my shoulders or whatever the fuck I, 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 man, I love throwing iron around, but I love throwing iron around with somebody there to help me do it, to watch me do it. You know, like I said, the treadmill's the boss, man. John's the boss. I need, I needed to pay John to tell me what to do. I needed the treadmill to tell me what to do. Cause I don't give a fuck about myself. I don't give a fuck about doing it for me. That's one of the reasons that, you know, my ex would fucking haunt my brain because I felt like I was at my best those first three years when I was fucking working hard to be the best I could possibly be for her. That's what I wanted. And, and I started losing weight and I started looking fucking good and I started buying clothes and I felt, I, I felt, I felt that I had never been better and would never be as good as I was in the, in that moment. And then everything careened off a fucking cliff. But in my head now, there's still that kernel. There's still that thought. There's, there's tremendous disappointment in the fact that I backslid and I wonder, well, will I ever be as good as I was in those moments? Will I ever be as good as I was in that three-year period? Because I looked fucking amazing. I felt fucking great. Uh, I genuinely thought my life had started over. And then you get your dick knocked in the dirt by everything fucking crashing and burning. And you're like, holy fuck. I... uh. I just don't care. And that's not good. <laughs> that's not that's not a that's not a good way to be, man. And like I said, people are like, "Well, you know, like when I first went to John, we were doing wall sits, you know what I mean? I'd be sweating like a motherfucker and I'd be hitting mitts or whatever the fuck whatever I did with Richard or with John. And I loved it. It gave me purpose and I felt good and I could feel the change happening. But doing it myself, it just seems like such a fucking non-starter cuz like I said, I've now backslid even from where I was at, at, in the middle of March on March 10th. I'm so, I haven't stepped on a scale since March 10th. I haven't, I don't want to know. I don't want to fucking know. Cause I know the damage I've done. I know from the way shirts fit. I know from the way my shoes fit. I know from the way my watch fits. Not only have I, have I fucking lost mass uh, muscle mass, but I've gained mass in, in just fucking monster mass. <laughs> that's a, that's not a graveyard smash. I can tell you that here. Monster mass. I've gained the monster mass, the monster mass. <laughs> it was a graveyard smash. <laughs> and people try to help. Like I said, people, you know, cause I, I've bitched about it on here and talked about whatever I've alluded to it. And people are like, Oh, you know, you should do, you should, you should go to the park and you should run or you should go do this. And there's my favorite one is people are like, you should work out in your apartment, man. Can't you do that? And I'm like, I don't again, man. I, I, yeah, probably. But what am I going to do? Fill, fill milk jugs with gravel and do curls. Like I don't, I don't fucking, cause here's another thing. I live in a one bedroom apartment and it's not big. 
It's not a big joint. It's got a bathroom. It's got a fucking bedroom. It's got a kitchen. It's got a spider graveyard and a couch. And if I start lifting, because look, I'll tell you what, again, I'm a fucking fat monster. And so if I start, if I really start going here, like running in place or whatever the fuck, lifting, anything, push-ups, my apartment's going to smell like a ball sack. Not that it doesn't now because I've been trapped in it for four fucking months doing nothing but shoving goddamn uh, enriched flour into my face in the form of rice noodles and bread. But but fuck, man. If I lift, it's going to be it's going to be rank in here. And I so I, I'm like, yeah, no, maybe I'll go to a park. But here's the thing. There's no weights at the park. Unless I go to Venice Muscle Beach, am I going to fucking go there? Hi, fat guy. How you doing? Step aside. Watch me curl one third of what you fucking can lift up with one finger. You fuck. Uh, I, 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 I don't have a solution. So I'm not here telling you this like, ah, you know what? Uh, this is, this is when I turn it around. No, no. I only do this as a way to check in and let you know that I, I don't know what's going to happen. Like as, as unsure as we are of the world situation, that's how I am with my physical situation. I don't, I have all good intentions. Uh, and, and I'm at the point that I, even with the risk of, of the fucking germ, I would go to the gym. If, if the guys went back and started training, I would wear a mask and I would lift in a mask. I would run the treadmill in a fucking mask. Cause I'm dying either way. And, and if the germ gets me, that's, that's just fucking luck of the draw, man. But then that's just stupid. That's just a non-starter. And that, cause I've come close. Like I've, I, you know, like I said, my boys ain't draining anybody, but I've thought about it. Like I've you know, one guy was still training through all of this and I almost reached out to him. And every time I do, there's a, there's like a relapse. There's always a fucking glitch in the matrix where, oh, you didn't hear. You can actually get it from sneezing. Well, wait, you mean if, if somebody around me is sick and they sneeze? No, no. If you sneeze, you can get the disease. It's, it's a, it's a new thing at the, the speed at which the droplets leave your nose, they hit your mask and bounce back into your face and give you the disease. Well, what if I'm, what if I don't have any fucking symptoms? What if I'm, it doesn't matter. You're going to get the germ. Everyone gets the germ. Everybody gets their turn in the germ barrel. You're going to fucking go down. And then I go, all right, well, then I, I can't go do fucking chest flies. I mean, I want to. I want to go lift and do curls and fucking flies and, and deadlift and, and have leg day. I, I, you're talking to a guy. Look, did you, did you ever think I'd come on here and be like, God damn, I miss leg day. Oh, I wish I could get the leg day. Fuck that. But I loved it. I loved leg day because I was leg pressing 660 fucking pounds and I felt like a goddamn animal and people in the gym would stop and watch. And now I, I, I won't do a push up because I'm worried the apartment will stink. <laughs> Stupid. I, I, I want to go to the gym, but then every time there's always some relapse or there's now there, you know, again, California's falling the fuck apart. We're just as bad as Florida and Texas and every other fucking joint. And I think to myself, you know what, man, that would be a stupid way to die. If, if you wanted to go do Russian twists with a medicine ball, that's a stupid way to die. 
so is sitting in your house with a mouthful of ravioli. So I've got to choose my destroyer. And I've chosen food my entire life. And that's and that's what I've done the past four months. I've wrapped myself in the cocoon of the uh the the most important person I've ever had in my life. Captain Crunch and every other fucking food mascot you could ever think of. I gotta fight it off. I gotta figure it out. And again, the germ is out there. It's and it's everywhere, man. You know, they they hey, we're gonna open bars, we're gonna open restaurants. Good, that's fucking awesome. And and then again, three days later, eight hundred people were declared sick today. Oh, were they? Is that well? What a surprise! Because they needed to go out and have a Caesar salad. Oh, is that it? You desperately needed a caprese salad, and so you went out and fucking died for it, you idiot. And then I pivot to me going, oh, you desperately needed to go and do uh, fucking deep knee bends, and you went and died for it, you fucking idiot. I'm them. I'm just couching it into under the uh, umbrella of uh, self-improvement. Other people are just like, oh, man, we got to get out of the house. I got to go have a Mai Tai or I'm going to go crazy. And I'm like, yeah, I get that, man. I need to go out and fucking do four sets of 15 bench presses, gradually increasing each plate and doing what I can to push them up and stare up at my fucking trainer and have him say attaboy when I'm fucking finished. Because uh, you know, again, I I won't lie. I need the I need the fucking feedback. I need the you know I need the interaction. I need yeah. Look, we all do. We all do. We're all going fucking nuts, man. We are. And and the thing is, it's only going to get worse. I don't mean to be that guy. I don't want to be the harbinger of doom or the fucking weird guy who's like, you're not going to believe this. No, you, you. I think you believe it. I think you know it. They've opened bars. They've opened restaurants. They opened gyms. They opened salons, and people are getting fucking sick. And then, and then they pivot the argument. Well, people aren't dying. Well, okay. But now people are getting overloaded and you're, you're asking people, you're asking doctors and nurses to fucking go to the breaking point again. They did it already once and they're going to probably have to do it again in fucking October. And they just, they, we just blissfully trip through life and go, yeah, no. I mean, you know, as I said last week, the White House, apparently their, their whole strategy is the germ is among us. The virus is among us. We need to learn to live with it. Or I guess we need to learn to fucking die with it. And I don't understand that logic. I don't understand the people. And again, I understand people who are like, oh man, I've got to get out of my house. I've got to get to the lake. I want to do this. Yes, we all do. We all want this. But you're making a mistake. And all you're doing is making it harder for everything to be fucked. Pardon me. Harder for everything to be unfucked. Because it's fucked now. And it's going to get worse. They want to open schools? Hey, man, I don't have kids. I got news for you. My kid wouldn't go near a fucking school. I see these people all the time, like the governor of fucking Florida is like, oh, I'd, if, if my kids were school age, I would let them go, but they're all under four, so I don't have to worry about that. Oh, oh, well, good for you, you rich fuck with nannies and whoever the fuck else, or even just if your wife's taking care of the goddamn kids. You're, you're infinitely better off than people who two income families who have to go back to work because they're essential employees and they can't leave their fucking nine-year-old at home alone, but they also don't want to put them in school. So it dies. There are hard fucking choices coming, man. And I don't know what anybody's going to do because I don't think anybody here is prepared to make those hard fucking choices. 
Everybody can breezily say, well, I'll send my kid to school. I don't care. Well, I'm fine with that. Well, you know, if, if the kids just practice social distancing and wash their hands, hey, man, do you know 10-year-olds? Are you fucking kidding me? I was 10. I, I could name you four kids who wiped their fucking snot on your coat because they thought it was funny. You think 10-year-olds are going to fucking experience social distancing and washing their fucking hands? Never in a billion fucking years. And I got news for you. Even if, even if somehow every fucking kid in this country learned to behave and decided they would accept social distancing and they would understand how to follow the rules and wear their masks and be the most well-behaved children in the fucking world, they still live with people who might be fuckheads. All it takes is a fucking uncle who doesn't wear a mask or a dad who who thinks, ah, you know what? That's all bullshit. But my kid, I'll protect him, but I don't need a mask. I mean, that's all it takes. And they bring that shit to that school and then fucking 75 kids have got it. And then they got that weird fucking rash and then their kidneys swell and every other bullshit fucking thing I've read about this fucking disease sounds like shit that happens in the ring. Remember when the chick crawled out of the well and then all of a sudden they'd find people look like they were drowning victims on land or whatever the fuck. That's what it looks like. Everybody fucking, they dry drown in their own fucking lungs and their liquid fucking organs and got to cut their legs off and shit. And like, what the fuck? And now there's a new flu in Kazakhstan that might've killed 1700 people. And you're just like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like we have to accept the very real possibility that things will never be the same again. And I know that sounds ominous and scary and like John Cusack should be running to a library to look up some Russian word to explain it to everybody before, unfortunately, Stanley Tucci discovers a cure. I, I know that. But doesn't it seem like it? Doesn't this feel ominous? I wish it didn't. But as ominous as the world at large is, as ominous as these situations seem to be, I, I, I tell you what, I got ominous right here in my own fucking house. I got ominous in my knees telling me, hey, man, don't stand up so fast. We got creaking to do. I got ominous and my shirt's going, yeah, nah, there are bits of you we're not going to cover anymore. I got ominous and my fucking jowls just flapping in the fucking wind when I turn my head too fucking fast. Because once again, I've climbed into a fat coffin to die in. I got no answers. I got no solutions. I'm not here to tell you everything's going to be great or better. I'm not even telling you I'm going to be better. I'm 52. I used to joke around I'd be dead by 54. And then probably six years ago, that changed. I was 46 and my life had completely, I'd hit a wall. You know this. And I wasn't sure what was going to happen, but I dedicated myself to being better. I said, I'm going to be better. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to, I have to, I have no choice. What am I going to do? Sit here and wallow and fucking, and, and, and chew it and die or whatever the fuck give up at 42. No. So I, I, I worked and, and there's a reason I'm telling you this because it was this week. It was, uh, it was July 8th in 2013 that I went to the gym deciding that I needed to fix my life. And then July 8th, 2014, I had lost 93 pounds in a year lifting 
working out and I looked amazing and my personal life had fucking unbelievably changed. Every, everything, everything looked different in a year. Everything fucking changed for the better. In my opinion, at that time, I was like, this is, I mean, I, 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 I'll, I'll, I can show you the photos. I mean, it was ridiculous. I, how I changed, how I felt, what I looked like. It was, it was incredible. And here I am six years later doing the same fucking thing. You know, let's put it this way. Here I am seven years later having made progress and lost it back to that exact. I I weigh more now than I did in 2013. When I went back to the gym, I weighed in at 346 that day. Like I told you, I'm not even going to get, I'm not on a scale. I haven't been on a scale. I weighed 366 January 1st and I was down to 304 at at the, at the end, the end of February and felt amazing. And now dudes, I couldn't even tell you, but I I don't, and I, you know, part of me is like, you know, that attaboy page was all about weighing in and being truthful and being honest. And, you know, we're going to do this. This is, this is where I'm at and this is what I've done and let's fucking do it. Let's go. Let's change. Let's make it work. And, and none of us saw that the world was going to fall apart. And, and I have friends, you know, I was in this weird pact with my buddies, Chip and Jack and, and Pat. And in the beginning when I was losing all that weight so fast in January, February, they were like, fuck dude, keep going. Schmitty, this is fucking amazing. And Pat was frustrated because he only lost like two pounds. And I'm like, dude, you're going to fucking crush it. I was checking in with them all the time, telling them what I was eating, pictures of my food and my weight. And I, 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 again, I put them in the role of parents that I could impress. That's what the attaboy page is. It's just a dad that I can consistently go, hey, look, look what I did. And you guys would be there with cool ass feedback. I dug it. Because that's what I needed. Because I don't give a fuck about me. I don't give a fuck about me. But I give a fuck about people that care about me. And I give a fuck that people care about me. Because if I don't, at least I know others do. Again, I don't know what 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 this is. I... I I just didn't feel like shouting about masks again this week because that's, that's what we've turned into what I've turned into, you know, and I, and look, I'll, I'll get right back to it next week. I'll throw some fucking hardcore body shots and a couple of right crosses and any other fuckhead next week. Cause I know stupid shit will happen for me to talk about, but it was seven years ago this week that I, uh, I, I, said, I'm going to the gym. I'm changing my life. And a year later, I'd lost 93 pounds. I was in love. Everything was completely different, completely different. In a year, I changed it all around. I changed my outlook, my life, the thoughts. I, I, I changed it all. I went to therapy. I was doing, I was, it was a year where I cared about myself. And then this year was going to, reboot this year was the year of i will starting on january 1st and grandiose plans of shows overseas and possibly a cd and more shows in america and doing live stuff on youtube and all all these different ideas and for the first two months i had momentum and then 
the world stopped and so did I. And I didn't have to. I chose to. I recognize that. I know what I did. The world stopped and so did I. And so I say seven years ago this week is when I decided to change my life. Six years ago this week is when I felt happier than I'd ever felt. Everything was open to me. The world was open to me. I, I, I didn't think I was going to be defeated. I didn't think, I thought that was it. My life was changed. I thought I was with the person I was going to be the rest of my life. I was going to continue to just fucking lose weight and feel good and look great. And I couldn't, I couldn't. I see photos from that time period and I know what I felt when it was dark and quiet. I always say that when it's dark and quiet, there's questions and you think I should be more than this or the reverberations in your head. Well, I should be doing this. I should make it a better effort. I should. And, and in that period of time from like 2013 to 2014 to 2015, I, I, when it was dark and quiet, well, not 2015, the first year, <laughs> 2013 to 2014. And then, and then the rest of 2014, I, when it was dark and quiet, I was happy with who I was with. When I was alone and it was dark and quiet, I knew I was making all the efforts and I was happy and I could see it all coming to fruition. Seven years ago, I decided to change my life. Six years ago, I had, I fucking had, and I felt great about it. And then January 1st, I said, you know what? This is another year. This is another year of change in my life. And by the end of February, I had, I had lost 60 fucking one pounds. I mean, I was... I had hoped to lose a hundred pounds on the year and to lose 61 in the first two months. I'm like, well, here we go. Now, if I lose another hundred, I'll fucking feel amazing. It's going to be great. And then the world stopped. And so did I. And here we are on July 10th, which is basically the halfway point of the year of, I will. And, we have a split decision for two months. It was the year of, I will for four months. It's been the year of, I can't, I haven't, I didn't, I shouldn't. I got six months left to salvage this year. I got six months left to feel like I did in July of 2014. Can I say I will? Nope. Can I say I want to? Yep. Can I say I'll try? I think that's really the only thing any of us can say at this point. I'll try. You guys can get me at MikeSchmidtComedy.com. Sorry, you can get me at Mike at MikeSchmidtComedy.com. You guys can be my friend at Facebook.com slash the 40-year-old boy. You can follow me at Twitter.com slash the 40-year-old boy. I'm on Instagram and Snapchat. Find me there. Why wouldn't you? I'm there lurking. I'm your pal. I'm your best friend. Uh, Instagram and Snapchat. I'm Mike40YOB. Find me there, please. 
uh, all of those places are grand places to look for me. I'm always hiding out. I'm always lurking. <laughs> um, Kyle, uh, or I'm sorry, Ryan, Ryan Dirks does all the web stuff for us. You can find him at facebook.com slash Ryan Dirks. Uh, KC does uh, our YouTube stuff. KC Bills. Thank you so much, KC. I appreciate you reaching out and doing that for me. Uh, and of course, our great friend David Hernandez is available for you to find him and doing all sorts of, he's doing myriad things. Again, as I mentioned, he's a renaissance man. He's busy in all sorts of media. Uh, you can find him doing his amazing stuff at facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez. Reach out and become his friend there. He does all the artwork for the Westside 86 Jokers fan club page. He does all of the artwork for the Mike Schmidt. Well, no, I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't do the profile photos anymore, but he does the timeline photo, uh, which goes on YouTube as well. And uh, I'm grateful to him for giving me his time and doing something like that for me every goddamn week forever, which is amazing because the guy's busy as fuck. Uh, so he is available at facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez. If you go there, you can see the artwork that he's done for all of those places I just mentioned. Uh, you can see artwork he's just created on his own. He's made memes. He's done. He's just done a million fucking things. If you become his friend on Facebook, you can go and peruse his photos and look at the artwork he's done for me, for others, the memes, all the other things he's done. And also you can become a part of his closed group. This is dumb. That's dumb. I'm dumb. You're dumb. You got to send him a note, though. Become his friend first. Facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez. Become his friend. Send him a note saying you want to be a part of the group. And he'll go, sure, Pally, and he'll send you some questions. He answered those. And hey, you're in the group. And then you're uh, you're doing stuff with people who are like minded and having an amazing time. And everybody's just having a, uh, the, the best time all with Chopstick Charlie and everybody else. He's drawn and putting that goddamn page uh, Groundhog Greg, all of those fine people. So go ahead and, and look for them. Tits out Terry. She's there as well. Oh, hey, it's fantastic. Amazing ass Angela. Oh, my Christ. Look at all of the fucking people he's drawn for that page. Now, I'm describing them and you're like, I'd love to see them. Well, here's what you need to do. Become his friend at Facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez and write him a note, please. Telling him you want to be a part of that group. He'll send you three questions and then you're in. You're in, baby. Um, And that's cool as hell. Go ahead and do that. He's got that going on. He's got the uh, he's also he'll, he'll do artwork for you if you want him to do that. Did you know this? Uh, well, first of all, let me tell you this. He's also got a podcast. Fuck yes. The guy's, uh, like I said, he's done all of these amazing things. He's doing artwork for me. And we'll get to the artwork again in a second. But the guy's got a podcast right now available at op, uh, Apple Podcasts and also at Spotify because he figured it out instantly. Not like me who put it off fucking forever. Um, his podcast is called The Flem Cat Podcast. P-H-L-E-G-M. Now, I'll tell you what. Go to podcasts. Put in the word Flem. I'm not sure how many are going to come up. I don't know a lot of podcasts using the word phlegm, but I can tell you that my boy, my boy, David certainly has the phlegm cat podcast. So or just put in phlegm cat. There can't be another phlegm cat out there, can there? Put in the phlegm cat podcast at Apple podcasts or at Spotify. Subscribe to the shows. Then it's always downloading. You get to listen to it. You'll love it. It's fucking amazing. Uh, go ahead and check out all of the cool stuff that he's bringing to you via his own podcast, his very own goddamn podcast, the phlegm cat podcast available now in the Apple podcasts, iTunes store, and also Spotify. Check him out. The man does amazing work. And uh, as I've mentioned his artwork, he does the amazing artwork for me for the page. He does it for the West Side 86 Jokers page, and uh, he'll do it for you. That's the thing. He will paint. He will draw. He will do whatever the fuck you need him to do. You want to check out the stuff there at facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez and see what he's done there. He'll go ahead and fucking make that work for you. You'll see uh, the stuff he's done on Facebook. You can do your Facebook caricature. You can see uh, again, I can't describe it. He works in oils. He works in watercolors. He works in all sorts of different mediums and milieus, chalks, pastels. 
uh, human blood, whatever you need done, the man can do it for fuck's sake. And as I mentioned on Facebook at facebook.com slash David Max Hernandez, you can see a lot of the work he's done for people. But also if you want to see a different style of artwork that he's done, that fucking kills it and knocks it out of the goddamn park, you want to go to his website. Artbydmh.com. That's A-R-T-B-Y-D-M-H dot com. Jazz Jagoffs. Jagoffs of Jazz. Jazz Jagoffs. Jagoffs of Jazz. Charlie Parker. A Jagoff of Jazz. Sun Ra, a jack of a jazz. Stan Getz, jazz jack off. Jazz jack offs. Jack offs of jazz. Bop, hard bop, and bebop. It doesn't matter. They're all jack offs. Jazz jack offs on the Mike Schmidt Podcasting Network. All right. I, uh, I, I'm feeling better. I was able to go get a sponge and clean up the spider graveyard. I've, I've, I've buffed the desk. I've waxed the desk. Some of these things may not be true, but I've certainly gone ahead and given it the old one, two, the old once over grab some, uh, it's a scrubbing bubbles type of product, I guess. And I'm supposed to use it on porcelain. It's what I use in the bathroom. And it's all I have for cleaning here. I guess I could use just a soapy sponge, but I don't give a fuck. I, you know, who cares, man? It's uh, this desk is tainted forever. It's now a crime scene. This desk is a crime scene. Um, but I went and used I used scrubbing bubbles to clean up spider detritus. So, so there you go. We, we no longer are we haunted by ghost spider. Well, I'm, let's put it this way. I didn't clean up ghost spider, uh, spider ghost. I've, uh, I've cleaned up the desk. So no longer is the desk a spider graveyard. Uh, but it certainly is a crime scene and there is a spider ghost still floating around in my house and bad things are apt to happen. I'll keep an eye out. I will let you know if they do. We'll see what happens. Uh, <laughs> hey, sponsors, we've got them. Did you know that we do? Although I don't know now that I'm a murderer, they may they may pull out after finding out that I'm a cold blooded murderer. And that's on. You know what? That's on microphone. I should edit that out. Somebody hears that. I'm going to spider jail. Fuck that spider murder jail. Uh, what other crimes could they have for spiders? I, I just, uh, well, first of all, don't borrow money if you're a spider because well, I, I, I'll tell you what, you know, that, that's the worst spider enforcer has got to be the toughest job in the business because you know, they're like, ah, break his legs. If he doesn't pay you back, that's eight, that's eight fucking legs. You got to break. That's not just fucking some dude. You come kinik at him with a baseball bat. No, man. Cause that spider, he's going to run away with eight legs. You're going to try to tackle him. He's got eight legs to fucking break. He's got eight arms to hold you. Not unlike our friends, Veruca salt would tell you. Uh, all right. Enough on spider enforcers. Here's the deal. We have sponsors. Yes, we do. Uh, our good friend, fearful Jesuit has his, uh, recap show up. Uh, as I've mentioned, they talk about chemtrails. You've got, uh, you got your Alex Jones, the actual Alex Jones. You can hear the voice and, uh, and listen to the end of the show. Cause there's a button. Alex Jones returns possibly, perhaps maybe just listen to it. That's all I'm telling you. Um, you get an update and all the things they've covered. Posse comitatus, uh, terrorism, chemtrails, contrails, protocols of the elders of Zion, uh, flat earthers, which everything's pretty much the same with the flat earthers. QAnon, also the same. The only bad thing about the QAnon people, like they all believe the same shit and they still think all the, the 
where we go one, we go all, and they figure that the storm is brewing or whatever the fuck. All that's still happening. The only bad news is uh, more people are believing it, and people are actually getting elected who believe in QAnon bullshit. So this 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 country is over. This is a mess. They're gonna they're gonna put out a flag, and it's not gonna be the stars and stripes. Well, it'll be stars certainly, but uh, they'll form them in the in the shape of a Q. We're gonna be the state of Quamerica. That's none of this is good, but it's coming, man. All this QAnon non-vaxxing fucking flat earth bullshit. I just, and also I just heard this fucking, uh, you know, Bolsonaro's got the germ, right? Finally fucking burning out the goddamn rainforest. Fuck you, you dick. But he's got the germ. And it turns out that some of his inner circle, they're flat earthers. What the, just everything fell apart, man. And I, I, I gotta know, like, was it always like this? As I've said before, the internet just basically connected these assholes. So it's like every country had their shit bags Every shit heel in the fucking world was in a country and he's like, hey, I think, here's what I think. I think maybe the vaccines are killing people because they're full of the aluminum foil. And someone in fucking Canada's like, oh, hey, I tell you what, hey, here's what I was thinking. I was thinking that the vaccinations are bad because, uh, you know, they got the aluminum in them and stuff, right, eh? And then a guy in Brazil is like, oh, I can't believe it. I, I don't know why I have this accent. I don't know what a Brazilian accent would be, but I'm telling you right now, the vaccines, they got the aluminum in them, and they, they shoot it in you, and then you, you, your veins are full of the aluminum in them. And then uh, that would have been fine. In those countries, those guys are idiots. But then they band together via the internet, and then and then they form like a, a, a master blaster of stupid where they're all on each other's shoulders. They hide under a trench coat. They sneak into a vaccination fucking hearing and then they yell their bullshit in all their fucking accents and everybody believes them. That's the thing that's the worst. Then they find other people to believe them. How the fuck are there flat earthers in the Brazilian government? What the fuck? What a mess. I mean, you should you should realize, I guess when a country's main exports are meat puzzles, jujitsu and big ass hot chicks, then then you got to worry about what's going on in their government. Is that it? Possibly. Could that be the problem? Anybody who builds a, a Christ, the Redeemer statue you can see from space isn't really all about fucking science, are they? I guess I shouldn't be surprised by any of this. Come on, Brazilians. <laughs> what the fuck? Your chief export is. And look, I'm never going to fight with you. I hate the meat puzzle, but I love the bare pubic region. So I'm, I'm on board with your country. I love the jujitsu. I hate the totalitarianism. I'm not on board with any of, of that bad stuff. But again, b- the fucking bare pubic region, that's a fucking brilliant invention. Look at you guys finding a great use for wax. You know what we're doing in America with wax? We're making stupid candles. You know what we're making? We're making fucking, we're, we're putting like weird syrup in, in Coke-shaped wax bottles that's what it is. We're giving people lick and lick nip lick and nips or whatever the fuck they're called. Nickel nips, whatever. And people are fucking biting that and they're chewing on the wax. They're sucking on the sauce and then they're having a candle with wax. That's all we do over here. Maybe we make some shrinky dinks, but over in your country, you're like, what if we heated up this wax, poured it on some girl's fucking V'ger and just fucking tore everything the fuck off. So it was a fucking smooth landing. How great would that be? And everybody's like, What? And look at you, you're setting the trend. Hey, what if we pour this on our balls and rip all the hair off? Wouldn't that be good? That wouldn't be good in the moment, but certainly it'd be good when afterwards when you're like a fucking clean and fresh. As an Irish Spring commercial in 1981, you're fucking feeling good. Um, so good for you for the advances in wax. Good for you for making jujitsu uh, uh, more than just silliness on the beach. You've made it a cottage industry, and I salute you, Brazil. But now, when I find out you have flat earthers in your government... When I find out fucking uh, 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 Bolsonaro, bo, 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 Bolsonaro, bo, 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 Bolsonaro, he's no 
hero. All right. Uh, consult the tarot. <laughs> Bolsonaro song I just made up. All right. Um, so that has nothing to do with our sponsor, certainly. But our sponsor is a fantastic guy, Fearful Jesuit, the Paranoid Strain podcast, available right now in the iTunes store. If you download it, you will love it. If you subscribe and go ahead and check out all the cool things that he's talking about, he's got, again, brilliant episodes from the past that you should download and listen to. This episode where they uh, they revisit the first episode. And again, they talk about Jainism and, and uh, they talk about a possible measles false flag. And uh, it's just, folks, I, it's it's... The world is a frightening place. You need a guy like Fearful Jesuit to parse it for you. And he does it all the time on the Paranoid, Sprod, uh, Paranoid Strain podcast, which you can uh, subscribe to right now in the iTunes store. Go there now. Leave a review in the iTunes store, if you would, telling other people that's fucking great. Mention me if you want. You don't have to, but you could. Why not? That would be a cool ass thing. And uh, and also, if you want to write him a note, you can. What's his email address? Well, I thought you'd never ask. Hold on, we're yawning. And I'm telling you this now. Theparanoidstrain at gmail.com. Theparanoidstrain at gmail.com. Go ahead and uh, and write him a note. Tell him how much you love the show. And tell him about your creepy neighbors who also have conspiracies that they share with you. Some Give him some real Art Bell tinfoil hat bullshit. Keep the man in business. Do it. Because if he's in business, I'm in business. That's all that matters. Uh, our friend Fearful Jesuit is the best. Thank you so much for sponsoring the show. And go check out the show, the Paranoid Strain Podcast, available now wherever finer podcasts are downloaded. The Apple Podcast Store, and I'm sure Spotify, and I'm sure Stitcher, and every other goddamn place. Because everybody's way ahead of the curve on me. As I told people when they wrote me, you should be on Spotify. I'm like, oh, it's so hard. It took me motherfucking five minutes. Not a joke. Five minutes. But then uh, it didn't get approved <laughs> because there was not an S in my in my RSS feed that was supposed to be there. So then I had to call my host and uh, and oh, and then they've been very nice. and They've been making me send them screenshots and they're like, why do you use FeedBurner? We do all that. And oh, my God, look, my host again, it's one of those things where I have the power of my host behind me and they do a bunch of cool ass shit. But I we keep it indie with Mike Schmidt. I fly under the radar. I don't want to bother anybody. I just want to get shit done. But show up. There you go. And then do this. As I've mentioned, then we move on to the next week's show. I, I, I like, here's what I like to do. I like to disappoint people once a week. I should be disappointing people many other days a week on YouTube and, and all sorts of different places. Uh, but I choose to disappoint you orally uh, with an AU, not an OR, because I will never disappoint you OR orally. All right. Uh, Paranoid Strain Podcast available now in the iTunes store. Go ahead and get it. It's there. It's waiting for you. And yes, I did just point at the microphone. Uh, sponsors, again, we have them. Our good friend Rob Matsushita. Have I mentioned Rob in the past? I have. You know this. Uh, he's at youtube.com slash stay home. That's the address for his, uh, his YouTube channel, I guess you would call it, where he's been putting up all sorts of quarantine content, which is fucking amazing. YouTube.com slash stay home. Oh, wait, it's stay home 2020, right? Hold on, let me find it. Hold on, I'm looking. Uh, where is it? What's happening? Where's the address? I know where it is. It's somewhere around here. He, uh, he, <laughs> he got it one second. He was approved. See, now I feel like a jag off. Cause I, mean, I, 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 I thought I knew it off the top of my brain. Uh, and now I've messed it up. I know I've messed it up. Hold on one second. We're looking, we're checking. It's uh why is it not here? I totally had it. <laughs> it's, um, it's going to be, it's YouTube. He got his fucking, where uh, did I delete this fucking thing? I didn't. It's youtube.com slash stay home 2020. Jesus fuck. All right. Uh, go to youtube.com slash stay home 2020. 
the stay home is in all caps. I mean, I, I don't know if that's an official thing, but yeah, I, I would use them anyway. Stay home 2020. And I will tell you, the episode I was in went up last week. You can go ahead and check that out. It is, uh, it is grand. It is lovely. People do fantastic things in it, and I'm also in it. That's all I will tell you. Uh, but now he also has new stuff up this week. You didn't even get a breather. You didn't even get to go, oh, let's go watch Mike's. Nope. No, you got new stories this week. Two news stories this week at youtube.com slash stay home 2020. Uh, you can find out what goes on in the writer's room of a popular cop show. And also the female half of a 90s comedy duo talks about her much more successful estranged partner. That's the two videos you will see this week at youtube.com slash stay home 2020. If you've ever wanted to know what goes on in the writer's room of a popular cop show, you'll find out on that channel. And then you'll also see what happens when the female half of a 90s comedy duo talks about her much more successful estranged partner. Go ahead and check it out now. It is available at youtube.com slash stay home 2020. Our good friend Rob Matsushita putting out videos. And again, like I said, the one I was in uh, came out last week. You want to check that out? You can. Uh, but go watch all the others. Everybody does a fantastic job. They're terrific. <laughs> so go look at that. Um, now, this is going to be a confusing thing to talk about, but I'm, I'm going to say it anyway. Right now, if you go to MikeSchmidtComedy.com, you go to the merchandise page. I have an Amazon link. For now. What? Yeah. I, uh, I've had a bit of a week. And uh, in the middle of the night yesterday, uh, Wednesday, I should say, um, I got a note from Amazon that said they were canceling my affiliation. And it said something. The reason they were giving was because my friends and family had used the link or something like that. And I'm like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. So... You can appeal it, and, and also here's the thing. Here's the best part too. Uh, they you forfeit anything they owe you, so they haven't paid me for May or June yet. So they already said we're not paying you that, and we're closing the channel like right now. The, uh, the whatever, so you have to take down all your stuff. And I will as, but I've appealed, so I I, I appealed the damn thing, uh, and I wrote a note and just said, hey, look, I I don't know what you're talking about here. Um, you know, I just use the link to promote the show. I don't put it on Twitter. I don't put it on Instagram. I put it on Facebook in my fan club page. And these are people who listen to my podcast. Whatever the fuck. You don't need to hear the contents of the fucking letter. But uh, but I, I again, man, we, we are in the middle of global upheaval. And the richest man on the planet is uh, is going to take away my... $200 a month uh, and you know, literally money that I said combines to, with my Patreon to pay my rent. I, I, I was, I was taken aback and, and I don't understand it. I don't, I try because look, man, I'll tell you this again, keep it indie with Mike Schmidt. It's a small show. I like our show. It's a small show. I would I prefer to be a bigger show. Maybe just because I want more people listening but I also want more people listening who like it. I don't want a bunch of people who come in and go, I fucking hate this show. Who fucking knows? Um, but I actually took it as a badge of honor to that I was an Amazon affiliate. And I know, yes, Amazon, global footprint, ruining people's lives, uh, fucking the planet. Yes, I get it. I, I get all of that. There's no doubt. Uh, what you're saying is probably true. However, uh, I I got a cell phone bill to pay. and And as I've told you, uh, if you're going to support the show, this is a very good time to do it because, again, any side hustles have dried up courtesy of the germ. So this is the gig. Podcasting, Amazon, Twitch, uh, possible YouTube, if I can get that rolling. And anything, you know, as I've mentioned, it's it's 
It's been four months of complete and utter inactivity other than getting the podcast out to you guys and twitching all the time, too, which I do. I need to own that a little bit. I need to. I haven't been a complete fucking basket case. I mean, I've I've, I've gotten the podcast out, albeit late, certainly. Um, and I'm I'm streaming virtually every day. So I am working uh, ostensibly. It, it's just am I working as hard as I should? Am I doing the things I should? Whatever the fuck. Who cares? Uh but I can't completely kill myself because I've made an effort and done good stuff. But then sure enough, you think you're doing good. And then you just, you just get, you just get fucking heart punched Stan Stasiak style. You just, you just fucking take one right in the fucking cock and you, and they, and they yank it from you. They yank the affiliation. So I've appealed. I don't know what this means. I don't know if I'm going to have to take it down. I will tell you right now. It's still, I'm pretty sure it still exists. Although it might not be money that I see. Uh, it used to be, we get money, they get money, you get stuff. I will tell you this, they get money and you get stuff. Now. I don't know if we're going to get any money anymore. It's it's remember I was talking about, oh, it's a triumvirate. It can't be stopped. It's a three headed monster. They've cut off one of the heads. So now they get money and you get stuff, which seems honestly like that doesn't bring me a whole lot of, uh, of joy, but whatever. If you want to still go to the Mike Schmidt comedy.com merchandise page and click on the Amazon link and shop, maybe I win my appeal. If I don't win my appeal, I'm fucked, which is a drag, Uh, but it's still out there right now. So go ahead and try it. I I'm waiting to hear from them. They said the turnaround time on the appeal was like 24 hours and I have not heard from them in the 24 hours. So uh, and I I click on the link now and it works. So right now, go ahead and use that link and and see what happens. And it might be different next week. Uh, but I will tell you this, I'm not putting it up in the promo this week because maybe that's what fucking did it. I have no idea because the only thing I can think of is like people are very nice and then they buy me the Christmas gifts or they buy stuff for me, which is super cool. And then they use my link and maybe they see that as double dipping. I don't know. All I know is I make, uh, you know, average, you know, anywhere from two to four hundred dollars a month doing that on the good months in Christmas. We make four hundred usually make around two hundred. They just cut the rates. I think I told you this a couple of months ago and uh and look, I understand things are tough all over. Bezos has got it hard. I mean, he, he only made $58 billion during the pandemic. And that sounds like a made up number, but I think I'm pretty accurate there. That dude somehow increased his net worth or made another $58 billion. And, uh, and he's going to fuck me over two grand, which fine, man. Two grand is two grand. I get it. But, but it's not even... You know, there was a, that joke. It's like, oh, you know, he, it's pocket change to him. It's not even pocket change to him. You make $58 billion. You know what two grand is? That's, that's, that's smaller than the droplets you could inhale to get the fucking germ. Like that, it's, it's two grand is nothing. If I had $58 billion, you know what my job would be? I would fucking retire to an island with the best Wi-Fi in the fucking world. And I would just fill every GoFundMe I could find. I would do what I could to help the fucking planet and people on it. And that's fine. Maybe Jeff's doing that and I don't know about it, but I can tell you this. I somehow fell off his Christmas list and they're coming for me. And, and, um, I will see maybe that maybe it'll turn around. Maybe it'll change. But right now you can use the Amazon link, Mike Go to the merchandise page and use the Amazon link and, uh, they get money. You get stuff. We'll see if we can add the third head to that monster next week. I'll let you know what the appeal says. Patreon, however, does exist. You can check that out. Uh, become a patron at Patreon. Thank you so much for thinking of me, everybody who goes ahead and does that, and, and uh, anybody who donates, anybody who gives money, anybody who helps me out. It's it's incredible. 
We have uh, so many people signed up now. It's it's super cool, and I appreciate everybody stepping up because it is, as I've mentioned, I've mentioned it over and over and sometimes even over. Uh, this is a very good time to support the show. If you were ever thinking about doing it, that would be a really cool time uh, right now or yesterday or a week ago. Uh, just go <laughs> go ahead and jump in, please, and support the goddamn show. It's really cool. Um, all of the cool-ass people on Patreon, I, I can't even express to you, everybody who's gone ahead and signed up, helped me out, thought about me, uh, you're, you're very cool. Thank you. I appreciate you helping. And so patreon.com slash, I believe it's, is it the 40 year boy? I think it's, I think it's patreon.com slash Mike four zero Y O B. I'm pretty sure it's on there, but either way, if you put in Mike Schmidt, Patreon, I'm going to come up, you'll see my smiling face and, uh, and you will love it. And it'll <laughs> back when I, when I thought I was gonna be doing live stuff too, this was going to support live stuff. Oh, look what happened. Uh, but you can become a patron at Patreon. That'd be pretty cool. Patreon.com slash Mike40YOB and uh, and make it work going forward. I'd appreciate that very much. Cameo also exists. You can hire me for Cameo. I could do a phone call for you. Call somebody and tell them you love them. Call somebody and tell them you hate them. Call somebody and tell them you like pie. I can do that. I can tell them you hate soup. I can tell them you love dogs. I can tell them you hate bats. Whatever you want me to do, I'm happy to do it. Again, cash is king. Happy to earn it. Go ahead and think of me on Cameo. I will whore myself out. Uh, and I know there's other comedians. I know there's other celebrities that you could sign up with, but my, I'm 20 bucks. Doug Benson is $150. I like Doug. He's awesome. Is he worth $150? I put it to you, folks. Uh, no, I don't. Don't judge that. Pay me 20. You know what? Let's put it this way. Combined, Doug Benson and I are worth $170. Look at it that way. How about that? I feel much better about that. Hire both of us. Uh, cameo.com or a book cameo.com or get the app downloaded to your phone. That's pretty cool. Uh, get Amazon, Patreon. We've got a YouTube channel. YouTube channel exists. Go ahead and check that out. Where we've, uh, we've got all the, the podcasts on there always. And then of course the Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash the 40 year old boy, youtube.com slash the 40 year old, by the way, at boy, blah, 40 youtube.com slash the 40 year old boy. Go ahead and subscribe to that. That'd be pretty cool. I'd appreciate it. But, uh, twitch.tv slash the 40 year old boy. Go ahead and uh, follow or subscribe to the channel. Like I said, I'm on there all the time. We're presently deep, deep into the game, The Last of Us 2, going through doing amazing things and having fun and, and, and making stuff happen, and that's pretty cool. So uh, if you follow, like I said, I'm, virtually, I'm on there eh, at least five days a week, usually six. I'm going to start taking one day off of streaming and uh, calling it a quiet day, avoiding the news, whatever the fuck, doing, doing things that I have to do. Uh, I got to do something, as you know, like, go listen to the beginning of this fucking show. You'll hear exactly where I'm at and what I got to do. Um, but yeah, twitch.tv slash the 40 year old boy. I'm on there playing games. There's clips. There's fun. Go ahead and follow and subscribe. You can check out all the cool ass stuff that we've done. Uh, I'd appreciate it very much. It really, again, anything you can give helps the show. And, and if you go to if you go to Mike in the upper right hand corner, there's a little horn boy there with the word donate on it. You can click on that and, uh, and give some dough. Uh, I'd appreciate it. Thank you for thinking of me via PayPal. That would be cool. Um, Patreon, PayPal, Twitch, any way at all that you can support the show is is absolutely helped. And now I'm just now I'm just on my fucking knees. I got to stop. All right. Um, but we are streaming all the time. And you know what I did? I'll tell you this with the germ and everything. Uh, I didn't stream long time yesterday. I streamed on Thursday just for a couple hours. You know what I did last night? This is what I did. Get this. Get this, motherfuckers. Uh, I lived a life yesterday. I actually, I actually did something yesterday. I told you I'm not two days ago. I went out, I shopped, I did laundry, I did all this stuff. I left the house. I went outside. It was fucking, it's getting hot here in Los Angeles. I like being outside in the sun. I just, 
but I'm finding myself living this small life, right? So my buddy Pat is like, hey, dude, let's have a social distance movie night. And I'm like, I don't even know what that is. He's like, come on over to my house. Because he has, I think I've told you this before, he's got a, he's got a TV in his backyard. And uh, we did a viewing party last year for Dr. Detroit. It was me, Chip, Ted, fuck, all of our friends. Siegel was fucking awesome. So this time he's like, look, it's six feet, so it's just going to be me and you. But uh, but just come on over and, and we'll watch uh, Bruce Lee movies. Because he does work for popculturebeast.com and he reviews stuff and he's reviewing the Bruce Lee Criterion Collection. And so I went to his house last night. I said, you want pizza? I'll grab pizza. And, and I brought it to his place and uh, you meet him in the backyard. He sat at one end of the picnic table. I sat at the other. You know, I, we were both wearing masks when I showed up. Then we went and moved over to watch TV and, and uh, you know, again, six feet away. But And we took our masks off to watch the movie. And... um. God damn, it was fantastic. You know, I would have liked to have hugged my friend. That would have been cool, but I couldn't do it. But I, I, I we watched a movie called The Big Boss, which I think is Bruce Lee's first movie uh, in China, and it was awful. Bruce Lee's great in it, but the plot is so bad. And, it's, and we watched it with the English dubbing, so it's like, hey, friend, how are you? What are you doing today? Why are you being such a jerk? You know, like this horrible, terrible dubbing. And then we watched Fists of Fury, which is is this incredible leap from shitty, horrible fucking movie to even the blood looks real in, in Fists of Fury. You go from the big boss to Fists of Fury, it's just, it looks like a student film to a regular movie. And the same people are in it. Same screenplay guy, same director, same producer, and the same cast. A lot of the same actors from the big boss are in Fists of Fury. But also, they just decided, it was like, I think, I don't know the history of it, but I think the big boss... Uh, there was one guy in it who was like the star, kind of, and Bruce Lee was a sort of a sidekick type of dude. And then in the next movie, Bruce Lee's the fucking king. Like, he's fucking guys up. He's got the nunchucks. He's doing all sorts of crazy shit. And he's just beating ass. He fucks up a whole school. It's when he shows up and he's like, ah, I've come to avenge my teacher. And he just fucking ruins everybody. And he just, Bruce Lee was beautiful. God, you forget it. You know what I mean? It's like, it's Brian Bruce Lee. It can be cliche. It can be like, oh, yeah, Bruce Lee, whatever the fuck. But then you watch them. And you remember that he was he was young Elvis if young Elvis could kick the fuck out of everybody. I mean, he's just absolutely beautiful. His face, the angles, he's just gorgeous. And uh, and then he's ripped and he does that thing where he finishes punches and he's, he's like looking. He almost does stew looks when he kills guys. It's the fucking best. Like he'll hit a guy and he's looking in the other direction. He's like, oh, and you're like, holy shit. And we were just laughing because it's just an ass kicking fest. That's all he's doing is fucking everybody up. It's so great. And he's in a school and all those guys get fucked up. But then he shows up and he murders. it. Oh, dude, fists of fury is gorgeous. So. And he's still got, he's got like Enter the Dragon, Way of the Dragon, and Game of Death are the other three movies in the Criterion Collection. So he's like, come over, we'll do it again. And I'm, I'm like, I-, I can't wait. I said, dude, I would do this every week, every fucking week. We had fun. We watched it. And I will tell you, it was different because, again, usually when I go there, I hug his wife. I love Pilar. And I see, I see his daughter, Rita, and I see Ezra. And, and I want to, you know, you usually say hi and you talk to him. I ask Ezra how school's going and... They tell me what's up and when they're going back. And I ask Rita the same. And if she's singing and I just, I love, but, but they're behind glass, you know, they waved, but it's, it's, you know, they're, they're, we're being safe and, and they're behind glass and that's fine. And I understand it, but it, it just, it leaves you a little cold, but I was happy. I was happy to see them. I was happy. Pilar came out and did say hi. So I was able to talk to her, but I couldn't get close clearly. Um, 
and it, it's but it was a miracle. It was a fucking miracle to be able to go to somebody's house, have some pizza and laugh. We laughed our way through both movies, made fun of it. That just that I sat there with my friend and had fun and I hadn't sat with my friend and had fun in fucking forever. And I, you know, I was supposed to go to Ireland in April. I was supposed to go to Canada in, in July, probably. And this month, probably I would have been up there for Schmitty Palooza. And you guys, you all, everybody, everybody lost stuff. Everybody missed plans. Everybody had stuff fall apart and it still is falling apart. And, and, but to have one night, one night of, of respite from, from, thinking or worrying or whatever and you, look you take the precautions and whatever the fuck but that's just the world now that's what you got to do and it might be this way going forward for a while but i was so happy just to be in a room with my goddamn friend i was happy to be there and to watch movies and to laugh and to have pizza and to not care to not think and not worry and not hide i wasn't hiding i emerged i was in in, in his backyard with you know when we started watching the show it was at dusk so it was almost like being in a drive-in theater or eating pizza and then yeah, at one point he left to get a drink and this I'm I'm in the backyard and there's crickets and sounds and neighborhood and even some fireworks going off and I wouldn't trade it for fucking anything. Magic. Magical moments. And it's just sitting in a yard watching a movie with a friend or or sitting in silence when he goes inside, but it's so different from what I've been doing, which is hiding under artificial light in my apartment and not engaging. You know, I zoom with my friends on Sunday to play poker and we laugh our balls off, but it's not the fucking same. And, and this was a, this was a fucking miracle. It was a goddamn lifesaver and something I absolutely needed to do. And if you're, if you're not doing it, if you're not seeing people, if you're not getting out, get out, reach out, find somebody, do something, go walk, do anything. It's just, I used to do this ritual. I I think I started to tell you about it when I, when I would do cardio when I was running, when I was, I, when I would walk out, like I said, I, I felt like I could tear apart the world after lifting. But when I just did cardio, I would walk outside and I would, I would, uh, I would just do like a crucifix pose, and I would stare up at the sun and let the sun shine on my face, and I would breathe in and out. Did I already talk about this? I hope fucking not. Jesus, I would breathe in, in through my nose, out through my mouth, in through my nose, out through my nose, in through my mouth, out through my nose, in through my mouth, out through my mouth. It would be basically four breaths, uh, but super deep breaths, and I'd hold them, and I'd sit there with my arms out, and I'd have the sunshine on my face, and it, it made me feel like I'd accomplished something. It gave me hope. It made me know that I had made progress. It was a reward. I had done something good.
Toledo Podcast. Podcast.